0: ranked defense, defense, five and one in the division, seven and one in the conference, NFC North division champions, the monsters of the midway are back. They give it to Diggs, it's the French part two, slits a tackle, Miller to the end zone, touchdown Bears! It's another takeoff from the Bears, Leonard Floyd with a touchdown, And in for the touchdown! Obsession. Live from the Allstate Skyline Studios in downtown Chicago. It's the Adams Hogan Johns. And toss in a little Mark Carmen for pizzazz. Let's begin now.
1: Wow, one an open. This feels big. This is the playoffs. I'm really uh, just thrilled to be able to sit with the the two Adams, Hogan Johns, the podcast, coming live at you for the next three hours at 720 WGN. Was this the vision when you started the podcast that one day you'd be right here right now? Yeah, one day at the place (laughs) I work.
2: Uh, You know, we bring that type of playoff intensity all year on the Hogan Johns podcast. That's true. I mean, I don't care if it's February at the Combine or April with the draft or... August in A. But how often this,
3: is it Do you get to sprinkle
2: In a Carmen Pizzazz? The, not a whole Well he did fill in For me last week <laughs> right. When I was in San Diego Nice job by the way That was awesome That was a ton yeah, of fun it was fun We, uh, we, we,
1: we celebrated a, a Bears win Over the Vikings I was talking with uh, Adam Johns Walking in here Adam Hogue Looking around for you <laughs> I, I I have to uh, ask you if the Bears is the is the season oh, wait, I was at
2: my desk. No one
1: knows that I, I have I, here. Right, I, I didn't know that that existed. Either, apparently, so if the is the season a success, no matter what, they're twelve and four. They made the playoffs. Season a success. Stamp it, no matter what
2: happens on Sunday. Go. Yes. Yes. Will it be hard to swallow? <laughs> sure, but it was still a major success. The step forward that they took this year. Okay. All right. Show's over.
4: They yeah, went seven and one at Soldier Field. Twelve and four. I
2: feel like they got to win
4: on
1: Sunday. You you win on you're at home. You're you're playing the Eagles. You're the three seed. You got the defense that's been rolling. You got a Mitchell Trubisky ready to go. You got an Eagles defense. I just I think that from that point everything's gravy. But I, I do feel like I think the team feels like you know
4: we got. We, this, well, I this, think this the one team feels Super Bowl or
2: bust. Do you that's really? where their expectations start. They're thinking Atlanta, full on. Atlanta. I think they are too. Yeah, I think they have been for a while. To be honest with you, um, but I feel like we need to set some things up here first. Yeah, of all, yeah I, can, I can see. There's, those. Well, well there's he's bringing the, too much pizzazz. There's a lot of people <laughs> listening here that don't even know what this is. <laughs> if we're being honest, uh, but Adam Johns over here to my right, in uh, in your heads, just try to picture that on the radio. Uh, he and I host a podcast all bear season long. It's called the Hogan Johns Podcast on WGN Radio. Um, up to three times a week now. We go three times a week once they're good, and and so we're here. Bears playoff special. Mark is going to be in for the entire time too, kind of helping us guide the, the the deal here. Yeah, and the phone number is three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. We'd love to hear from you, which is important because we have a lot of listeners. I know from our podcast that are excited that we're on the radio here tonight. Um, so there's, there's, there's they're not used to calling in live. Our podcast listeners aren't, because it's a podcast. You can't call into a podcast live. We have a great voicemail line that our guy, Joe Romano, who's also here and is part of our podcast every single week.
4: What's we up, doing, Joey Jojo? Yo, what's good? See, I got this friend named Joey Jojo
5: <laughs> Jr. Shabadoo. That's the worst name I
2: ever heard.
4: Oh, oh no!
1: Bye! Joey Jojo!
2: Joe does a phenomenal job on the podcast and on the Steve Cochran show, and he stuck around all day just to be here for this special event, which is huge. Should get a raise and more, maybe a pizza. I. I love
1: the voicemail segment on the podcast. One of my favorite things to go. I mean, it's. I'm like, are these people real? It's unbelievable. There's so many calls, and they and they have got you know from all over the country. It's. It's. Uh, you, you guys should be. You guys should be honored. Thrilled. The whole thing. Well, we're hoping to hear from our guy Bob DeBrowski.
4: <laughs> oh, he's probably already called. <laughs> I, I hope so. Is he on? Is he on hold already? <laughs> yeah. Joe? I, had to, I had to screen him. Screen him. Okay.
2: <laughs> anyway, uh, we're here. It's live tonight on the radio, and we're going to be three hours of Bears goodness
1: 312-981-7200 Bears in the playoffs Hogan Johns from the podcast to the radio for the next three hours uh, my name is Mark Sit Sit along here so uh, you, you guys have been hanging out all week at Hallis Hall the vibes uh, every time I listen to Matt Aggie talk this week I feel like there's just a very positive excited routine this is routine this is what we do but we're ready to go
4: it's not routine though did you? It does feel different. Well, the actual routine has been the same. same. Yes, but yes, the, the vibe is different. First of all, they seem incredibly loose. Yes, I mean, they're still playing cards. They're still playing basketball. They're still throwing basketballs at us if we happen to get in the way. But it just feels different. It's the playoffs.
2: Yeah, and and I think they acknowledge that it is one and done. So there is a difference there. But honestly. You know the routine is uh, the only difference, and I was a little surprised by this because Matt Nagy spent so much time talking about how he wants to keep everything the same. Is that he switched up the captains? Uh, they voted on captains for the entire playoffs now, as opposed to just I mean. going week by week with the with the coaches selecting them. The players actually voted the captains. It's Mitch Trubisky, Cody Whitehair, Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Tariq Cohen, and Benny Cunningham. Benny Cunningham. So that's gonna that's different. But um, otherwise, I think the actual routine this
1: week's been the same. And he's done this in in prior stops. That's where Matt you witnessed this
2: come playoff time. They, they switched to the Reed. captain. Andy Reid. It's Andy right. Reid. It. He's doing what Andy Reid does, and it works, so but, why but not? the past
4: few weeks, you've had guys like DeAndre Houston Carson and Deion Bush and Paddle Donald walking out there for the coin toss. So this whole unity team... This this team that he's built, this this boom team, it, it's for real. But you needed to establish some leaders. Uh, you needed to change the routine, I guess, a little bit. But but you're right. They've stuck with, with it, what it what has worked for them throughout the the regular season. But you could sense a different vibe there.
2: They know it's one and done. Stacy Dales from the NFL Network is going to join us uh, after the uh, seven thirty news. We'll also get a. Hit from Philadelphia with Zach Berman from the Philadelphia Inquirer in the eight o'clock hour. What, what I really want to hear from uh, our listeners is the trust level that you have with Mitch Trubisky, the quarterback, going into his first playoff game Sunday against an experienced Eagles team that won the Super Bowl. Uh, and, and does it matter? You know, one thing we talked about on the podcast this week, uh, which you can go back and listen to at WGNradio.com if you want. Please subscribe. We appreciate you doing that. Is I think they can get away with a bad game from Mitch this week. I don't think he needs to be perfect this week. How bad, though? Well, obviously, if he's horrendous, that could make things hard. If he's turning the ball over three or four times, I think that that he can get away with with one or two turnovers, though. A couple bad throws here and there. It was okay against the Vikings at home. Remember, he had a couple throws he regretted in that game on Sunday Night Football. Bears won anyway with with their defense, and it was fine against the Rams at home on Sunday Night Football in a big game, where both quarterbacks in that game struggled. The Bears' defense still came through. I'm not saying they can win the Super Bowl if Mitch Trubisky plays that way throughout the, the playoffs, but I think this week at home against this Eagles team, he does not have to be perfect. But, yeah, you'd still like to be able to trust him, and I'm not sure everyone does right now. Yeah, I just see that Rams game as such as... It's an outlier, though, to me. He was
4: coming back after missing two games after partially dislocating his shoulder. He clearly did not have a grasp for the moment. Primetime game. Biggest game of the year. A statement game against the high-powered Rams. Against a quarterback that he knows well. Who he lived with in California. Whom he shares an agent with, even. I just think the moment... Seemed to get to him. And, and, and he was rusty. Didn't want to call himself rusty. But I'm just trying to to view that one as an outlier. Because he's been efficient since that game.
1: The, the beauty of that game for me, though, is you were playing the second best team in the NFC. Trubisky was absolutely terrible.
2: And you won. They won the game. I mean, they beat the Rams and he did nothing. So to your point, Adam Hogue, like... Well, that was the night I decided that they were really Super Bowl contenders. Right? Because you win a game against that good of an opponent, and and yes, it helped at home. I don't know that they would have gotten away with that on the road. But to beat a team that good with a quarterback playing arguably his worst game of the season, that was very, very impressive. I mean, they held... One of the best offenses in the league to zero touchdowns. Well, I
4: think the most impressive thing about that game is, is bad or, or is horrendous, to use your word, that
2: Trubisky was. Jared Goff was more horrendous than, yeah, than he was. was. He, he was. was. It was horrific. Which is something I want to talk about in the next segment. I, I, I'm curious where Trubisky stacks up amongst the quarterbacks that are in the playoffs right now. Like, if, if you were to draft him and we're going to play that game where he would go in a... Hypothetical draft. That's uh, that is an interesting question. I talked to Carson Palmer today. What do
1: you think about the Bears and Trubisky? I love their defense. I mean, that he's look if they <laughs> that was his answer. I love their defense. If they get behind, if things don't go the way they're supposed to go early, and you get in a ten point or fourteen point hole, I just don't know if that guy can bring you back. That's his take, but maybe. We'll see. He'll be able to do it. Here, 312-981-7200. Hogan Johns on the radio on 720 WGN. We don't make you wait if you're calling in here. Kathy in Highland Park, go ahead.
5: Hey, yeah, I mean, to answer your opening question, it would be okay if they lost, but what I'm looking for is the intrigue between the two coaches, Nagy versus St. Peterson, to see how they outwit each other, given that they played together, so they may know each other's moves. So uh, you know, and I, what I love about Nagy is he's taken his players and maximized their performance to benefit the team. So that's the kind of thing I'm looking for, and I have seen it all season. Uh, but I hope they win, man.
1: Thanks, Kathy. Appreciate you. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. The whole Doug Peterson, Matt Nagy thing, I, I'm excited about, but I don't know if you guys saw that Nagy recommended. Gino's East pizza <laughs> which is just unacceptable Capriati's I mean that that's your number 1 Gino's East and then apparently they used to go for ice cream and Peterson's favorite ice cream is soft serve with sprinkles yeah well they both yeah they both <laughs> like their ice cream soft serve with sprinkles that you can't lose to a guy who goes soft serve with sprinkles bears by by 30 <laughs> <laughs>
4: What's your favorite ice cream
1: car? Give me, give me a regular, actual ice cream: butter pecan, rocky road, mint chocolate chip. Right? I don't know cho- if those are regular ice creams. to first but ones like, you but not, but not soft serve is what I'm saying. Okay, like you can like that's not even. Some people like the soft serve. I know that's unacceptable. I'm sorry. You I'm with you. I don't go soft serve, <laughs> but it is interesting their whole connection and uh, you know Peterson calling them up and saying, "Hey, can you know, hook us up? Beat the Vikings. Let, let us get in the playoffs, so then we can play each other." That's that's an interesting dynamic.
2: And this isn't just a a coaching matchup where they happen to be friends and they work together. They're really close. Their wives are close. Their kids are staggered a little bit in age. Peterson's kids are older, but he has three boys. Nagy has four. They've I don't, I don't know if close is the right word there, but they all know each other. I mean, these are families that are genuinely friends. And so here they go up against each other on Sunday. It's 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 a little bit different than just one of these matchups where, oh, this guy's facing his mentor. They used to coach. They, they have similar ideals, too, similar philosophies. This BU mantra
4: that Nagy has, it kind of originated last year in Philadelphia where Doug Peterson, kind of, I don't want to say he ran a loose ship, but he let guys kind of, again, be themselves. So, obviously, there's some similarities with anya Reid. Obviously, you got the RPOs. Obviously, you have the BU mantra. So, yes, they know each other very well, but, like, I think the wild cards in this are the defensive coordinators, personally. I mean, who does a better job at stopping who? Doug Peterson? Can he beat... Vic Fangio, like he has in the past, and can Jim Schwartz take the Matt Nagy's offense?
1: That's another point of conversation. We're going to do the uh, quarterback playoff draft coming on back here. This will be fun, so uh, feel free to jump on in 312 981 7200. Hogan Johns, the podcast on 720 WGN. Hogan Johns.
0: Hot Route! Red 7, Red 7, Red 7! John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot Route! I don't. What is Hot Route?
3: Will you just go stand on the other side, please.
0: Back to the Allstate Skyline Studios in downtown Chicago. Here's Hogan Johns. It's
1: WGN Nightside, Hogan Johns, the podcast on the radio tonight, which is awesome. My name is Mark Carmen, getting to sit in with the Hogan Johns tandem. Bears are in the playoffs, 312 981 7200. And Adam Ho, you've got
2: a, a little playoff QB draft for us. So the question is. How would you rank the quarterbacks in this year's playoffs to get you to the Super Bowl this year? Not who would you draft to be the star of your franchise for 10 years, but just as we head into this tournament right now... Who would be the guys you you would want? So I'll just go first because I think this first pick's gonna be a little controversial. Go um, ahead, because you know you could take Tom Brady, the goat, who by the way lost in the Super Bowl last year. Um, you could have Drew Brees, who's been there, uh, done that as a veteran, but there is a guy I'm just sold on. I'm sorry, he's just that good. Bears fans aren't going to want to hear it. But right now, the best quarterback, the most talented guy, the guy that can make any play in any given moment is Patrick Mahomes. I would take Patrick Mahomes first right now. Wow. So who has to go second? Over Tom Brady? I'll go second. I would because
4: Nick Foles beat Tom Brady last year. We're still talking about getting to the game. I I think there's a lot of young, inexperienced quarterbacks in this draft situation that you, you, you got us considering that they uh, still have a, a lot left to prove so give me the GOAT give me Tom Brady I don't care that he lost to the Eagles last year he's been
1: there he's been there a lot I like my chances. Are we, is this a snake draft? Does Romano get to go four and five? No, it's like an NFL draft. All right, then I'll go third. Uh, <laughs> it's
2: a snake <laughs> draft. It's a uh, fantasy football. This
1: is well, real. I, okay, if this is a real draft. Then I'll go third. I'll take Drew Brees all day long. I think in the Dome, Drew Brees, who's going to finish second in the MVP voting, I'll, I'll take uh, the Saints quarterback. You
2: know, He might actually still win it because I think there's going to be a lot of voters out there that look at him as almost like a career achievement award. He's never won an MVP. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but it wouldn't surprise me if that happens. Although the fact that uh, Mahomes did beat him out for All-Pro significant. 50 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, a man's out of his mind. That's Patrick Mahomes. What do you got, JoJo?
3: Uh, I'm going to go with another quarterback who has been to a Super Bowl. I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. Wow. Uh, Going with a tough game on the road in Dallas, but uh, it's a guy who's been there before. Uh, He's played really well this season, and he's got one of the best running games in the entire NFL. I think the Seahawks led the league in rushing.
2: By the way, this has gone exactly how I had him ranked so far. That's
1: interesting. Yeah. I now to win the Adam Hogue playoff quarterback <laughs> draft is it just the last guy standing or is it
2: numbers? It's that we're, no one's trying to win. We're just I'm it, the, really here's what we're trying there to figure should be out. Something to here's where we're trying to figure out where does Trubisky rank in okay. all of this? Okay. All right. Where does the Bears quarterback rank in all of this? Okay. Uh, I, I'll go back I'm next. I got the fifth pick. I'm gonna go with Philip Rivers, uh, who's having an outstanding year, veteran, uh, has been in the playoffs before, but really hasn't had a great opportunity to to make a run. He's got a tough test this weekend in Baltimore though, but I will take Philip Rivers. So I'm up next? Yep. Give me Andrew Luck.
4: Career revival, he's back. We know how good he can be when he's on his game. Are are the Colts going to be an underdog this entire postseason? Sure, absolutely. They still have a lot left to prove, a lot of holes in their roster, but give me that talent. Great value. Thought about him at four.
2: I. Oh, I Again, this is going exactly how I had it ranked. I had Andrew Luck 6. This is where I think it gets really interesting, yeah, though. No, so this I am debating here, but I, I'm going to go with the guy that he started out
1: slow this year. He was going to be the MVP last year before he got hurt. I am going to take Deshaun Watson and uh, roll with the Houston Texans, your three-seed in the AFC, to beat uh, Adam Johns' Andrew Luck Colts on Saturday. Is that the night game? That's the first game, rather. 4.35 Saturday afternoon.
2: Okay. I don't agree with that one, but we'll continue.
1: Yep, not
3: not a whole lot left here on the board. Oh, um, but I'm going to go with Taking
1: uh, golf over there, Hogue, that hog, is I'm guessing. I'm
3: going to uh, yeah. go with uh, Mitchell Trubisky because oh! like, because he's got a great defense.
2: You know yeah. what? I, I, and this is with the eighth pick, right? I, I had Trubisky eighth. So the only my only gripe is you went Watson seventh. I would actually go Nick Foles. Nick Foles just he did this last Fair. year, and I, I'm again this isn't the draft of who's going to be your quarterback for the next 10 years. It's who's going to get you to the Super Bowl this year. Now, the matchup's tough. I think Trubisky has an easier matchup than Foles does this weekend. But if I had to pick between the two of them, I actually would take Foles. Then I had Trubisky eighth at that point. Um, I think he fits in right there. So you have Goff below Trubisky. I had Goff... Actually, pretty much tied with Trubisky. Okay. Um, and how does that work in a draft? How do players tie? Well, I they, I said pretty much. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm actually. Uh, well, he just took Trubisky, so he made my decision okay. easier. But I'm gonna go golf here. You know, really, I give the edge to Trubisky because of um, you know just the last few games. Trubisky bounced back really well from that tough game against the Rams. We'll get into a little bit more of that later, but. Goff didn't necessarily. He actually had a couple mistakes the following week against the Eagles, and I think Trubisky's been better the last month of the season. Anyway, I'd go with Goff then after Trubisky. Uh, I guess that would be number nine. So who do we have left here? Dak uh, Prescott, ta- Nick Foles, or Lamar Jackson?
1: Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. Nick Foles. Nick Foles, he's been there. I don't trust them to do it two years in a row. It seems too magical, too good to be true. I know everybody in Philadelphia believes in him, but maybe I, maybe it ends this weekend here in Chicago.
1: I'm taking Dak Prescott. You guys, have been playing great the second half of the year, and I think the Cal- that game's a- these games are awesome this weekend. Seattle and Dallas, I agree. Great game. Colts and Texans, great game. Charters and the Ravens, great game. And Bears and Eagles, route Bears 40, to Eagles 10, beat down. <laughs> uh, last pick in the
3: draft, I will take Tom Brady's backup. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Was there a Boston accent there?
1: Yeah, but, did a little hey, Tommy. 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 Yeah. I think the only quarterback, though, to your, like, the whole where does Trubisky land, Adam Hogue, I think the only quarterback that you can definitely say that, like, every GM would take over, uh, would with Trubisky is definitely in front of, is Lamar Jackson. I mean, I think that's it, right?
2: Uh, you know,
4: <sighs> he's just a different threat than all of them on the board. He's just different.
2: I actually saw something earlier this week. I'm trying to remember where that was. But someone did like a power rankings of these quarterbacks and had Lamar Jackson higher than Trubisky, which I find hilarious because the, these same national people their knock on Trubisky is that he runs too much, and then they then they put the running quarterback ahead of him. Right. It, right. It's it's just it's
1: come on. All right, we need to get to Stacey Dale's. Uh, yes, and let's take a quick timeout here. Do we have a break for news? We do. All right, quick timeout. We'll get to Andrea's news in two minutes on 720 WGM.
0: Hogan Johns. Grab Casey football. Nice. That's what Maryland does. Let's get you back to Hogan Johns live from the Allstate Skyline Studios in downtown Chicago. WGN Nightside, Hogan Johns, the
1: podcast on tonight. Both Adams are here, and uh, my name is Mark Harmon sitting in. About to talk to Stacy Dales. The Dale. pizzazz. The pizzazz, apparently. Love that. Love It's a, it's a new role for me. The uh, We're about to talk to Stacey Dales from the NFL Network here, who is going to
2: give us sort of an eye on the Eagles here, Adam Hogue. Well, and the Bears. She's been at House Hall this week. A lot, uh, and has been around the Bears a lot this season. But she's um, she'll be on this matchup this week as we bring in Stacy Dales. Hey, Stacy. Uh oh, we might have to re we, yeah, we might have to, to
1: re- re- reassess re uh, recall. How about that, uh, Stacy? In
2: a second, and hopefully we can get a better connection. But uh, maybe she's in the NFL Network closet at Hal's Hall. I don't know if the signal works well there. It's not the NFL Network
1: closet anymore at House well, Hall.
4: It's the, the old one. It's not, the Hogan Johns to, Podcast Closet okay. at
1: House Hall. You're right. That's B- a good point. B- before we get to this, can I get a little bit of just a history for you two, just for everybody to know?
2: You, Adam Ho, you started covering the team in what year? Uh, eight years ago, whatever that is.
1: Okay. I believe that's 2010. It was the, the year
2: we, after the they we, went to the NFC Championship game. Great time to jump on. Right. <laughs> right as things <laughs> are going timing is impeccable. and Adam
1: Johns, twenty twelve, last year of Lovey Smith. Okay, I did, so uh, Hogue has more seniority. I did not know that. Okay, let me uh, let's let's bring Stacy back on here. Stacy, welcome to WGN. Appreciate you taking time, and uh, yeah, you get to be on the Hogan Johns podcast on the radio. That's a huge thrill for you, I'm sure, right?
5: Well, I mean, it took a whole season, you guys. What,
2: what's up with that? <laughs> no, the Bears <laughs> making the playoffs. I guess. I yeah, don't yeah. Know. <laughs> that, that's our fault. That's our fault. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, Stacey, you have no, it's great. It's great, to, great to be on with you guys. Obviously, it's you know an exciting weekend here in Chicago, and um, you know, first and foremost, uh, a lot of respect for you guys. And you're you beat all the time. I don't think people understand the rigors and and the uh, you know the efforts, and, and you know it's exciting for us that live in Chicago because it's been so bad for so long. And, and now you have Matt Nagy, who's just incredible. And I'll be on the field, guys, tomorrow for my first report at 8 o'clock. So can't wait.
4: You've been around Halis Hall probably just as much as we have, Stacy, over the past few years, from Jake Cutler to, to this. Where would you define at least the, the initial differences for you? Where, where, where do you feel them most?
2: No, uh oh,
6: uh oh, this
1: is this uh, is like it's like a Russian roulette on question. right? Let's put Stacy back at home yeah. and see if Joey Jojo can work his magic. Or these are the problems with uh, cell phone technology. Adam uh, Johns, why'd you answer your own question there? Out of curiosity, to me, it starts with Nagy and the quarterback.
4: You, you, we haven't had this in Chicago. Jay Cutler and Lovey Smith did not coexist. While well, Mark Tressman and Jay Cutler, great honeymoon. Bad marriage. That divorced quickly. So, this just feels different from the good go. And it starts with, with Ryan Pace pairing them. They invested in both these guys. He's got Mark Helfrich and Dave Ragone. He's got Allen Robinson. He's got Taylor Gabriel. He's got Anthony Miller. He's got Trey Burton. The list goes on and on and on. This is a different era for the
2: Bears. Well, and I'm sure Stacy would agree. I mean, she's all around the whole league, too. But you have to have the right people. You know, like just look at the Jimmy Butler thing that came out today. So he's in another new place and now he's mad at somebody else. Like you have to coexist, you have to have people who are willing to coexist and that's been important for Ryan Pace since he got here. It's just I think it took a while to find the right pairing because it it you just you can't just always have your pick. Well it took him a while to find his pick, his
4: his quarterback. Marcus Marietta, no. Carson Wentz, no. Mitch Trubisky, finally. It took some time, but that's when the rebuild really took off. Finding that quarterback
1: three one two nine eight one seventy two. Andre, I want to jump on in here? Like, when did it? As you, first of all, from a Bears fan perspective, just curious if the six season is a success is one question. Two. When did are you are you more in love? I want to ask that question. Are you more in love with the head coach, Matt Nagy, or more in love with Mitchell Trubisky? Because that's uh, there's a lot of Trubisky love out there for those who are on his side. And the other thing that I, I want to ask with Adam with 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 Nagy and Trubisky to me they're like the same as far as they're both football football football. And like you can say what you want about Mitchell Trubisky, but he's giving you everything he has every single day. And I see the same thing with the with a head coach.
2: Yeah, and and I think if you're a fan, you got to like both of them. Now, which one would I feel more confident about at this point, having the most success down the road? I'd lean towards the head coach right now with Matt Nagy because, I mean, other than a couple decisions here and there, maybe the settling for a 53-yarder in Miami and and maybe a couple things here and there, I mean, he has really been spot on throughout the season, very consistent in his messaging. And honestly, I think... It, it, it's actually pretty easy to look bad as a head coach on game day with all the decisions that you have to make throughout an entire game. And he's had very few of those moments this season. And I think that that matters, whereas Trubisky's been a little bit more up and down throughout the year. Are you telling me he didn't challenge a touchdown that turned into
4: uh... a <laughs> change of possession <laughs> no, for that... your rival? No, he did not. That, that did not happen. Just in terms of Trubisky, like one of the biggest knocks on Cutler was the time spent. In the building, and look, I think some of his positive characteristics, some of his positive attributes, were overlooked. But Mr. Trubisky is is different. There's a different type of charisma there. It almost seems more natural. People see what he's doing. People see how he carries himself.
1: Really, going from meeting to meeting to meeting. He's different. He's a different breed of person. Let's try uh, Stacey Dales one more time here, see if we can get a good connection yeah. for the finish here. Stacy, welcome back to
2: WGN. This is the winner.
5: Thanks. I can feel it. I feel it, like, guys. Sorry about that. Some bad connections out here.
2: That's all right. But Stacey, you, you're not only around the Bears, but you get to kind of see these relationships across the entire league. What has impressed you about Matt Nagy and Mitch Trubisky and that bond that has been formed this year?
5: Yeah, you know, it's a great question. And to, to the original question, I think it all ties in, you know, it's... When you, when you say, what, what's the difference been? I mean, it's just been a complete cultural shift. And when you're in locker rooms around the league, you guys, and, and you walk in those locker rooms, there's a palpable energy of a winning team or a losing team. And it all starts with the leadership. It starts with the head coach. I've, I've said several times this year, the Bears remind me of the Eagles last year. They remind me of Dan Quinn's young Atlanta team that went to the Super Bowl. They remind me of the Seahawks when Russell Wilson took his team to a Super Bowl. They have that sort of naivete, if you will, and it starts with Nagy. I mean, this guy may be the most positive coach I've ever been around. He motivates me, you know. And then you go to the quarterback, Mitch Trubisky, who wants to win as bad as a player, you know, as much as a player that I've witnessed, and he's put in the work. And what I think is really interesting, you guys, and you know this as well. Maggie has admitted this week that Mitch is just now figuring out the identity of this offense. That's kind of scary when you think about it, if you're the opposition, because it's taken, we're now ostensibly week 18 of the NFL season as we get ready for this playoff game. And Mitch is now learning and figuring this thing out in terms of his progressions, for second, third down. That's remarkable to me,
4: Stacy. I know you spent some time talking to some Eagles players this week. What do they think of this Bears defense, which is statistically one of the best in recent history?
5: Wow! All three phases. I, you know, I talked to a great, you know, receiver Nelson Egalore um, on the phone a couple days ago, who had the two touchdowns last week uh, against the Redskins, and just the amount of talent from the front to the back of the defense, and you know, how detailed they're going to have to be in terms of their route running. I mean, the end of their routes um, and the communication with Nick Foles, because this Bears defense, you know, know, he talked to me about the front, obviously, the linebackers, and then he went to the secondary. And, you know, I I think Eddie Jackson's going to play, you guys. I mean, he told me that in the locker room this week. He's most likely going to play. So this will be a task. This will be a task. And I think the big thing for the Bears defensively, you know, in in, in talking to them this week is you can't give up the big play. And, you know, Vic Fangio said it, the defensive coordinator, we have to keep these guys in front of us because Nick Foles thrives on that deep football down the field, which really hurt, uh, you know, it really earned him a Super Bowl championship last year with these Eagles.
2: You better, another, you better have another. Yeah. You better have another plan for Sunday. That's not happening. Well, but that is one of the things about this matchup. I mean, the Bears don't really give up big plays like that, and they haven't as long as the pass rush gets home. We're talking to Stacy Dales. You see her all the time on the NFL Network. You can follow her on Twitter at Stacy Dales. You mentioned you're going to be starting your hits tomorrow early. You're going to be covering this game all weekend, Stacy. What are some of the unanswered questions that you still have that that you'll be trying to figure out between now and when that ball gets kicked off at 3:40 Central? Time on Sunday.
5: I think it's just experience, guys. I mean, you have a first-year head coach and a second-year quarterback, and I think Matt Nagy's going to learn here. And it's you know, we go back to that Week One loss in Green Bay, and he talked extensively about all the things that he didn't know going into his first head coaching game. Really, I mean, you know, calling the plays for the first time as the head coach, and et cetera, et cetera. And now it's the playoffs, and he said this week the intensity. It's not even close to what the regular season is, so I'm anxious to see how Nagy comes out and how aggressive he is. We know he loves to do the, you know, these gadget plays, this unique stuff with with his defensive players going to offense. You know, when, when Nick is catching touchdowns, I mean, is he going to do that stuff on Sunday against the Eagles? Is he going to be risky like that? I think he will be. And then just to see Mitch's boys, I mean, this atmosphere, guys. Can, can you imagine this? this is it going to be electric? I have goosebumps. I've had them all week. I'm super excited.
1: If this goes the way of the Eagles, Stacey, what will we be talking about after the game on Sunday?
5: Oh, wow. What a great question. If it goes the way of the Eagles, I think we're going to be talking about experience. I think we're going to be talking about Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl last year. Nick Foles did it. Nick Foles is outstanding. In all four of his playoff games, guys, he has a plus 100 passer rating. He doesn't miss when the lights are on. And his players really trust him. That's what Nelson Aguilar told me this week. You know, he knows the personality. He knows exactly where to go with the football. So they have an experienced factor that the Bears don't have. Um, but, I, you know, guys, I, I really do think this Chicago defense is rare. I think that they are the best in football. I know the Ravens have been really good this year, but I think from top to bottom, this is the best defense in the NFL. And I think... They're going to shut down this Eagles offense, personally, in my opinion. And I think Mitch is going to have a really great game. I just have a good feeling about this team this week. They're loose, but they're focused. You know, Danny Trevathan's got a Super Bowl, Prince and Mucamara. They're not completely void of experience. They have a couple guys who know how to get it done,
4: and I, I think they're ready to go. Stacy, I forget if it was you who asked the question in House Hall or earlier this week. The Bears are big favorites, but yet there's this underdog feel amongst them. Maybe that's just nationally. Maybe a lot of people don't believe in them. Maybe that's Trubisky. Has nat- national perception of them kind of changed? Is, has that been on a roller coaster this season? Just like Trubisky's season's been on a roller coaster, how would you define the, the national perspective? on the bears right now
5: such an interesting question adam and i did ask this week and i think people kind of looked at me and like why are you asking if they're they feel like the underdogs well nationally you know i'm doing a hit for instance this weekend guys and i throw it back i think it's to kurt warner you know is mitch Trubisky ready for this moment i mean there are still people doubting this young man they have 12 wins He orchestrated a 16-play drive against the Vikings last week that was sensational. And there's still this national perception that, well, I don't believe the Bears are going to win. I mean, I don't think they're going to get to the Super Bowl. And if there's a team that I wouldn't want to play in this playoff run, for me, it would be the Chicago Bears. You know, I, I just think they are just stupendous defensively, and their offense is still learning. So, yeah, I mean, the national perspective from some is the conversation a couple days ago. You know, I don't think the Bears are going to win. don't think they're ready. I mean, so if that answers the question, right? And
4: and, and I guess to be fair to that perception, it's on Trubisky to change it. And he's given people reasons to doubt. Obviously, he's had his struggles, but there's only one way to find out. That's by playing the football game on Sunday. It all starts there. He's got to. Re- I wrote this for for Sunday times He's got to rewrite the Bears' history on Bears quarterbacks in the playoffs.
2: Stacey, one of the reasons why I find this this playoff so fascinating this year. There's a lot of parity. It seems to be more wide open than it has been in past years, and I think it's nine out of the last ten Super Bowl. Uh, Uh, Teams that have been in the Super Bowl were actually one seats. Like, I don't know if that's going to happen this year. But there's also this idea. There's been so much focus on paying these quarterbacks and offense, offense, offense. Wouldn't it be fascinating if the Ravens and Bears ended up in the Super Bowl? I mean, maybe you see a shift back to defense all of a sudden.
5: I wouldn't mind it. I gotta tell you, you know, being around these players and it's a great point. The parity is. I mean, we we could have a Super Bowl. You know, the Super Bowl winner that's playing this weekend. I mean, I, I shoot the L. A. Chargers are legit, guys. I mean, Philip having the best season of his career, the best interception touchdown ratio of his career at his age, and you know he's you know you look pretty a team like that. He's going to play the Ravens this weekend, and the big thing with him is he's not trying to do it all for the first time in his career because he's he's got a lot of talent around him. And I just you're right. Like the pair right now is is awesome. It's great for the game and. You know, from experience, just in covering this league for over ten years now, these young naive teams, like Trey Burton told me a few weeks ago, you know, we're so young, it's like we don't even know better. He's like, we don't even know better. <laughs> if you think about that, it's that's pretty cool. And these young naive teams are getting there, just like the Eagles did last year. You know, Carson went to this fairy tale season, and then boom, he's injured. Well, guess what? The energy in their locker room was so good they still went ahead and won the Super Bowl. I mean, they were just so much fun to cover. I don't know about you guys, but is this Bears team not just a heck of a lot of fun this year? I mean, no you doubt. Just walk, yeah. You walk into their locker room like almost giggling because they're so happy and they're so willing to talk to you. Which, guys, you, as you know, that wasn't the case even last year.
4: No. <laughs> hey, I'm still waiting for you, Stacey, to teach them a few things on the basketball court they have set up <laughs> in, in the locker room there. We all know when you walk in there, you're the best player in Halice Hall.
5: Well, that's so sweet of you. I haven't picked up a basketball in so many years, but I did tell Trey Burton um, a couple of days ago or last week that I was like, because they have those hoops in there, like you mentioned. I was like, I'll play. He's like, okay. I said, I'll play with my offhand, though, give you a chance.
2: Yes. <laughs> I like it. Yes. trash talk. <laughs> nice. So he
5: told me we'll set it up this offseason.
2: <laughs> uh, all right. 8 a.m. tomorrow, NFL Network?
5: You bet, guys. I, I have eight reports tomorrow. So Ooh. i got to try to save some of my content, you know, for Sunday. But, shoot, I am so excited. Tom Palacero will be covering the Eagles on the other sideline with me all weekend. Um, and uh, so we're going to have a bunch of fun can't wait to see you guys on Sunday you guys have done a hell of a job all year and you always do each year and I, I just have a lot of respect so so I appreciate you having me on thank
1: Stacey. you so much Stacy Stacy great stuff we'll uh, be watching you tomorrow morning boomer sooner and uh, have a great weekend
5: you too guys appreciate that
1: All right, Stacy Dales from the NFL Network with us on the Hogan Johns Podcast WGN Nightside with you till 10 on 720 WGN WGN Nightside, the Hogan Johns podcast. Adam Hogue, the uh, the Bears all
2: pros were named today. One name not on there. I was kind of surprised. Yeah, Keem Hicks did not make it. Snub. You know, it's tough the way they have this setup. You got your edge rushers and then they interior linemen. So there's a flex though. I know. I don't get. It's it. like a fantasy. Team. <laughs> it, 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 well, and 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 speaking of that, Tyreek Kill. First team flex, second team wide receiver. Well, if what? this was a fantasy not, team, that what? would not work. How are you on two teams? Um, but that's just the way the voting goes. So interior lineman on the first team, Aaron Donald, Fletcher Cox, okay, fine. But then Chris Jones and J.J. Watt are the interior lineman on the... like. J.J. Watt's not an interior lineman. He's an outside defensive end or an edge rusher the way he plays. So I, I it, the way this is stacked up, I don't... I don't necessarily like it, uh, but meanwhile, Khalil Mack, Kyle Fuller, Eddie Jackson, and Tariq Cohen gets in there as a punt returner to four all pros. That's, that's incredible for the Bears. Well, it just speaks how far they've come in their roster
4: construction.
1: Was that a good signing when they re-upped with Kyle Fuller and didn't let him go to Green Bay? Was that, was that a good decision? Yep. I think they handled the whole thing pretty much as perfectly as possible. Ryan Pace, quite... Quite the year. Hey, uh, coming up, the stories that matter with Andre Darlers from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom on WGN Radio. And then after 8 o'clock, Adam Hogue, what do we got after 8 o'clock? I
2: have uh, right we, we're talking to Zach Berman from the Philadelphia Inquirer. We'll find out a little bit about the Eagles. And before we go to break, just a quick note that you can chew on. Think about the fact that Khalil Mack, Kyle Fuller, Allen Robinson, and Vic Fangio, there's a team up north in Green Bay that wanted all four of those guys. Ryan Pace won the battle for all of them. Talk about changing a season. It could have been a lot
1: Executive different. Executive of the year. Who are the Packers playing tomorrow, Sunday?
2: Um, I think they're on a golf course. You know, I was near Torrey Pines last week and maybe they could play there. That's ex- that's a great spot for them. 720
1: WG.
0: 12 and 4, 7 and 1 at home. The NFL's number one rating. Five and one in the division. Seven and one in the conference. NFC North division champions. The monsters of the midway are back. They, give it the pick. they pick it. It's the French part two. Switch a tackle. Obsession. Live from the Allstate Skyline Studios in downtown Chicago. It's the Adams Hogan Johns. And toss in a little Mark Harmon for pizzazz. Let's begin now.
1: Thank you, Ernie Scadden. You're the man. Hogan Johns, the podcast on WGN Nightside tonight till ten. My name is Mark Harmon. Bears and the Eagles Sunday. You guys going to sleep well tonight? Tomorrow? Is it
2: normal, normal sleep for you? Yeah, these are my two nights to catch up on all the sleep I didn't get earlier in the week. Yeah, I'm not playing. I'm okay.
1: <laughs> I get I get a little hype for a playoff game. You know, you're, you guys got to yeah. get it. It's a whole other, it's know, a just different level. The
2: guy we need to worry about is our next guest, Zach Berman, because he's the one who's traveling here. Right, right, And right. gets to spend a night or two in Chicago. You got to worry about that kind of sleep, right, Zach? Hey, thanks for having you
1: on, guys. Zach's with the Philadelphia Inquirer, been covering the Eagles all season long, and uh, yeah, you uh, you were in the scrum the other day with Alshon Jeffrey when he completely blasted the city. People are upset about this, Zach Berman.
7: Yeah, I I, uh, I was in there, and I didn't perceive it as Alshon blasting Chicago. I I just perceived it as Alshon not really in the mood to reminisce. Uh, you know, I I asked him. If he was emotional at all about going back there and and he essentially said he likes Philadelphia, Chicago is a place that he worked uh but it was it was more a way to, to just kind of reroute the question to get to the next question
4: see Zach, you and I were texting about this, and I just thought it was Alshon being Alshon. This is a guy that before he he left here look told us he loved the city like every single time we talked to him. I love Chicago. This is a business, but I love Chicago, love the fans. I just think he's been misunderstood. Again, he's a competitive guy. He's kind of a soft-spoken guy, but he's still the same old Alshon Jeffrey, who's actually paid off quite nicely, I think, for the Eagles. Has he not?
7: Yes, and and uh, and, and to your point about Chicago, this is also the same Alshon Jeffrey, who uh, you know, leading up to the Bears game last year, was well, saying the same types of things, just another game, not really making a big deal about it. And then after the game he picked that of all days where he back to join throwing back jersey. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes he he's kind of subtle with his messaging too.
2: Uh you can follow him on Twitter at Z That's a good idea for this weekend it gets the Eagle side of things. Uh, Zach Berman from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Uh you know, there's another guy that has uh, that used to be in Chicago that I think was a Decent reason why Alshon went to Philadelphia. And that's Mike Groh, the offensive coordinator, who was his position coach here in Chicago and then again in Philadelphia. But what I'm curious about, with Frank Reich leaving Philadelphia, with John DiFilippo leaving Philadelphia in the offseason, Mike Groh getting promoted into that offensive coordinator job, how has uh, he been received in that job this year? And, and I guess what can you tell us about the job he has done as the Eagles OC? Yeah,
7: it's it's funny you ask because Mike Groh's been under – a lot of heat this year, um, and some of it is is, is 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 somewhat unfair. And the reason I say that is because the offensive coordinator job here is different than it is in a lot of other places, in that he doesn't call the plays, uh, and and he was replacing someone in Frank Reich who was you know very popular. Um, obviously, went on to be the Colts head, head coach, and, and Eagles had so much success as an offense last season, both with. Carson Wentz and with Nick Foles, and and really through the first two thirds of the year this year, uh, they struggled offensively or they were inconsistent offensively, and uh, you know, and and I think when when fans and reporters looked at what's different, it was easy to look at the changes in the coaching staff. But it was Doug Peterson's offense a year ago. It's Doug Peterson's offense uh, this year too. So, so how's he doing? Um, you know, there are. Adjustments there, and, and and certainly the offensive coordinator has a part in the game planning, and and needs to be a voice in the head coach's ear. But I would hold Doug Peterson more accountable for for when uh, they're underachieving, and that's when he had the success they've had the past few weeks.
4: Zach, if you can take us through. Saint Nick, the magic of Nick Foles. How how real is this? Is it really history repeating itself? What is coming to Chicago?
7: Yeah, so the the Saint Nick so to speak, the Nick Foles hysteria, that's in in full bloom here in Philadelphia. Um, obviously, Super Bowl MVP has, has has done a lot of good things with the Eagles, and then really took over a team that that was almost left for dead at six for seven and I'm sorry at six and seven and has, has won three straight games here uh, what he's doing he he is is first off he's an extension of doug Peterson uh, so really those two are in tune you saw that during the playoffs last year you're seeing that this year he's taking more chances downfield giving his skill players a chance to make plays on the ball Alshon Jeffrey especially. You look at Alshon Jeffrey's numbers the, in, in these past three games, um, he's five-plus catches, 100-plus yards per game. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with Nick Foles giving Alshon a chance to make plays on the ball. Um, and, and, and really the team's rallying around him, and, and there's – there is something about Nick that that is that intangible quality uh, that players and fans gravitate toward. That being said, uh, I, I've covered Nick's entire career in Philadelphia it's the first few years when he came back. And there's been games with the bad Nick Foles, too, and, and you can't dismiss those. And that's what I'm real curious to see about Sunday. When you see a defense that turns to that, you know, can force turnovers at the rate the Bears do. Um, that's an area that, that Foles has struggled with. He's six multi interception games in his career. He's one in five in those six games. So I'm real curious to see if that happens.
1: Well, Let's flip to the other side of the ball here, Zach. And Philly's given up 269 yards a game through the year. That's third from the bottom in the league. Is Mitchell Trubisky going to have a huge day here? Or are those are those stats, if you haven't watched the Eagles all season long, is it not as easy to throw on Philly as the stats would make you think?
7: Yeah, I, I don't think it's as, uh, it's as easy now as the stats would, would make you think. They had a period there in the middle of the year, especially when they just had so many injuries in their secondary, and they were just trying to figure out what to do on defense. You know, For instance, Craven LeBlanc, a player who Bears fans know, you know, the Eagles signed him off the street and he was playing the next week. Um and, and and you know, they've they've lost four of their top five defensive backs going into the year. Uh with that being said, they've they've really started to stabilize things in these past few weeks and uh they're they're coming off an outstanding performance against Washington, albeit an undermanned Washington team, but you know they shut out Washington. Um, and you know the the key for the Eagles' defense, especially their pass defense, if we're talking about it, is is the pass rush. If if they can win at the line of scrimmage, they're going to be tough for Trubisky. Uh and Fletcher Cox especially is the player to watch there. Career high ten and a half sacks this year, has six and a half sacks during the month. So he's he's really hot. And then you know, that's a matchup you need to watch because if they can win at the line of scrimmage, it's gonna be a long day for Trubisky. If Trubisky has time or he can extend plays, that secondary can be picked apart.
2: Zach, give us an idea of the injury situation going in this game. You know, for the Bears, the all eyes are going to be on Eddie Jackson, who uh, we think is going to play. But um, it's technically a game-time decision. The Bears all pro safety. On the Eagles' side, though, looking at the injury report, I mean, there's a few big names on here that are questionable. Jason Peters, left tackle. Uh, I know he's been dealing with a quad. Michael Bennett has been uh, been pretty good this year. Uh, he's got a foot. And Avante Maddox, I know, popped up on the uh, injury report this week with an oblique. What is your uh, thoughts on, on those guys and, and their availability for Sunday?
7: Yeah, so the first thing you mentioned, Jason Peters, Michael Bennett, I, I, I feel confident that, that they would be playing. Uh the thing to watch with Peters is if he finishes the game. There's been a few times this year where he's where he started it and he's had to come off the field. Michael Bennett, I, I know he's close but but this has kind of been the way they've operated on him the past few weeks where he sat out a few days of practice has come back on Friday. He, he'll he'll play on Sunday and he'll be productive. Avante Maddox is a real interesting one because he popped up on the interview report later in the week, as you said, and questionable for this game. And he's he's been a big reason why that secondary has stabilized and why the defense has stabilized. He, he's a fourth-round pick who came back a few weeks ago and and has he, he has become a starting corner for the Eagles, started that safety earlier this year. So has been one of their more productive players. has been a surprise on the defense. And if he can't go, that would be a problem. Um, so that's the player I'll be watching pregame is, is to see how, how month is looking. From all indications I've heard, he'll be good to go Sunday. Uh, but you just want to see kind of the quality that he's
0: playing at.
4: Zach, we spend so much time Dissecting Trubisky here, and even dissecting the criticism of Trubisky here. I'm curious. What are they saying about him in in the Eagles locker? What are the defensive backs saying? What's Michael Bennett saying about Mitchell Trubisky?
8: Yeah. So with
7: Trubisky, you know, they they saw him last year, and clearly there's. Improvement this year, you just look at it statistically. I, I, I think the thing that they'll be cognizant of with Trubisky is, is the mobility. And, and that's something that the Eagles have struggled with, frankly, against some mobile quarterbacks this year, whether you're looking at Deshaun Watson, Cam Newton, Marcus Mariota, um, you know, Andrew, Andrew Luck, a few other mobile quarterbacks they've seen. Um, but if you talk about what the, what the defensive players are saying about Trubisky? Really, their focus is more on on stopping the run. That's that's kind of the the number one the number one thing that defenses is looking at going into the week is is how can they try to make the Bears one dimensional. And, and yeah, you know, that that's not against Trubisky per se. That's that's kind of their attitude each week. But especially when they look at this game, and, and really you look at the Eagles Bears game last year, what the Eagles were able to do against that Bears rushing offense. I, I think Jim Schwartz and the defensive players, their number one priority is is going to be limit the run, and, and, and then they'll try to get that pass rush after Stavisky.
1: Let's not look at that game. Let's not think about that game. <laughs> Let's bury that game. What was it, 31-3, to whatever it was? Third, yeah, is and, right and,
7: and, and I think the, the running backs had, had negative yards. That being said, I don't need to tell you guys in your <laughs> This is a much different Bears team, and frankly, this is a much different Eagles team too. This Eagles team is not as good as last year's team.
1: Uh, real quick, Zach, before you go prediction. Yeah, so I'm I'm actually going with the Eagles on on this
7: one, and I have a lot of respect for the Bears defense and the fact they're seven and one at home. Uh but it, you know, I'm going with the better quarterback and I just see Nick Foles do it in the postseason. So I could be wrong and, and certainly that you know, the way what Vegas says matters here too. Uh, but I'm going with the
1: quarterback, so I'm going with Nick Fulton this one. All right. Please send us four Philly cheesesteaks after the Bears win by 20. <laughs> you got it.
2: You got it. Th- Thanks, Zach. Appreciate All right, Zach, it. we'll see you on Sunday at Soldier Field. Thank you, Zach. Zach Berman,
1: Philadelphia Inquire at ZBerm on Twitter. We can talk some Eagles coming back here, just
2: raise up the terror here, what scares you about Philly? Yeah, I- I've watched a lot of tape this week on the Eagles. I'll share what I saw. And also, we'll come back and, I, you know, I, that, that – prediction there is interesting. Not that he's taking the Eagles, but the reasoning to me, I think it speaks to a lot of the conversation we've had about Trubisky this season. He so. just said it so easily. I'll take the yeah. better quarterback. Yeah, I don't know that he's the better quarterback. Well, there's a lot of... I, and I know I just said I would draft Foles over Trubisky, but I don't know that it's... For this playoff, I, I don't know that it's that... A, lot not of a cu-
3: turmoil in your draft room there, Adam.
4: I don't. Get
2: it together.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting about the draft, too. Like, Foles, sure, maybe he's the better quarterback, but... What about his competition? Like he's going up against the best right. defense in the playoffs, right? right?
2: Which is why I pointed out when I did that, I would much rather be Mitch on Sunday going up the against the Eagles than Nick Foles going up against the Bears. And honestly, I don't know if Zach right there was giving the Bears' defense enough credit for for what Nick Foles is going to face on Sunday. Anyway. It, it would have been nice if you had just softened. I'll take the more
1: experienced quarterback. That there you go. That, that was just a bigger. That was a, that was a solid zing. All right, three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. You want to get in here, talk some Bears and the Eagles. What scares you about Philly? Adam uh, has a scouting report for us next. It's Hogan Johns on seven twenty WGN.
2: And the extra point. That's two now that have been missed. As Parkey hit the upright, forty-one yards or Today, he has hit the uprights. This will be a 34 yard try toward the upright. Unbelievable. Can you believe this? He's hit four uprights today. If you paid him to do that, he couldn't do it. About Cody Parkey until right now. Yeah, I really wasn't even thinking about. Yeah, it. it wasn't the real sound, was it? Yeah, it was. That sounded pretty real to me. Really? Yeah, it came through pretty clear on the broadcast. <laughs> oh, didn't that yeah, <laughs> it was. I guess you don't hear it on a coach's film when you watch it, but it also reminds. There's me. no need to, for me to watch it either. Anyway, who, who are our announcers for Sunday? Not Chris Myers. No, it's uh, it's Chris Collinsworth who, Kurt who, Fuller and Al Michaels who are mm-hmm. at House Hall today. Okay, all
1: right, good. So we got the, the a- we got the
2: we got the eight team. You got the a- eight. Matt Nagy, the NBC crew. Sorry, Mike.
1: Nagy. Mike, Nagy. Mike, Nagy. Mike Nagy. Kurt Fuller. Kurt Fuller. I see. I don't mind when they get the names wrong. I would do that. That's fine.
2: Get a name wrong. Your pronunciations are okay, but when you change the guy's name, and we're, a- and we're not talking about like a complicated name. We're talking about Mike and. Kyle. It should
1: never happen, but it doesn't bother me as much as, like, the guy. Did you hear it? the level of excitement? Give me a little, give me something. But we don't need to break down Chris Myers. Let's...
2: And that is a clean pick by Kurt Fuller.
3: Adolfo Soriano. <laughs>
2: uh, Alright, let's we'll talk just... a little bit more about the Eagles. By the way, it's a good time for our callers to call in to 312-981-7200. We're going to get into some Vic Fangio conversation. Um, but I'm curious from our listeners, what worries you this weekend, the most about the Eagles is a Nick Foles, uh, or even it's just stuff on the Bears side. Maybe it's Cody Parky. Um, and by the way, if Bob Dabrowski doesn't call in in the next uh, you know hour and a half. Uh, we're we're canceling the podcast. I was going to say it's, he's, it's he's not going to exist. He's going to be on a voicemail ban for sure. Yeah, in all seriousness, he's going to get a playoff suspension from the voicemail line. Yeah, Which might, might be harsh, but... I mean,
1: now I just want to hear Drabowski and <laughs> just to feel it. Oh, that's my Chris Myers. 312-981-7200 <laughs> yeah. is the phone number. All right. What's your biggest concern here, Adam Hogue, after watching the tape as well, you scout the Eagles?
2: Yeah, well, I, I think that, um, first of all, Fletcher Cox is a beast and um, is the most obvious thing I could point to as a problem. But I also would like to point out, the Bears did a really good job against Aaron Donald. and Not only just um, you know James Daniels one-on-one a couple times, but they schemed so much towards knowing where Aaron Donald was on every single play. Now, what's different in, in this one is, I think, up front, you also have to deal with Haloni Nada, Michael Bennett. Um, these are guys who... Uh, Chris Long, too. These are guys who... Uh, are older in their careers though so I these are big names that you all know but it's not like they're going up against an all-pro defensive line across the board uh, but but it is a big factor in this game what the Bears offensive line and I think it's a huge boost to get Kyle long back uh, in this football game I uh, how much, I just think a lot of this is going to be decided there on that side in terms of how much the Bears are able to move the football because if they can neutralize Fletcher Cox, I actually think they could put up some big numbers in this game and win comfortably. Hey, I think they did a better than a good job against Aaron Donald. He oh, yeah.
4: one quarterback yeah. hit. That guy is a freak. Absolute monster. Lives in backfields. He ate Patrick Mahomes up on some plays in that high-scoring affair that they had against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, His one quarterback hit, Adam, came on a screenplay
2: by right past Brian Witzman. He was allowed to get to Trubisky. Just saying. Now, when it comes to Nick Foles, his short accuracy is really good. I think that's one of the reasons why. And and that is such an underrated thing. I feel like I I talk about that all the time on our Northwestern broadcast with Clayton Thorson because sometimes on shorter throws or timing – to get the yards after the catch, it's so important. That's one of the big reasons why Nick Foles has had success because when he's throwing short and he's got to hit guys on the run, he had a nice throw to Darren Sproles on one of the tapes I watched where he just led it perfectly, and there was a good camera angle from the side um, where he was just led perfectly and was able to run the rest of the way into the end zone. Uh, and by the way, Darren Sproles is still a legit weapon. I, I mean, he's still popping on that tape, whether it's on special teams or offensively. Daniel said so himself. It's actually impressive. Now, what? And I touched on this earlier. Nick Foles has had a lot of success throwing Alshon Jeffrey. Jeffrey eight catches on eight targets against the Rams. Uh, Foles has also found Nelson Aguilar, which I believe Stacey Dales brought up when she was on with us earlier. 83-yard touchdown bomb to Aguilar against the Texans. Foles is not afraid to throw deep. He doesn't do it a whole lot. I think it's been a little misrep- misrepresented this week in that all they do is throw deep. No, they throw short mostly, but he will go deep if a guy is open, so it's huge for Eddie Jackson to play, Absolutely, but I'll also say it's huge for Eddie Jackson to be effective, and that's why I think Nagy was being honest, optimistic about him playing, but needs to be careful to make sure Jackson's still effective because if he's not, that's where you get into trouble. And if they have any kind of blown coverage, which is not what this defense has been known for this year, but if they do, Nick Foles will take advantage. You know, I spent a lot of
4: time watching D. M. Bush against the Vikings. He wasn't that bad. Other than his clothesline over the middle, who was it on? Stephon Diggs, I forget. (laughs) He just like
2: ripped him down. Yeah, took off his
1: helmet. Uh, He took off his helmet. Even that play, he was playing hard. I mean, it's going to happen. Playing fast.
2: And and the penalty was actually for the face mask, I believe. Yes. It wasn't wasn't passing interference.
1: No, he hit
4: him in the head. Yeah. He was playing fast. That stood out to me. Much faster than his previous game, filling in Freddie Jackson.
2: Real quick, there was one vulnerability on the Eagles' defense that I noticed. Deshaun Watson escaped the pocket a ton, was able to pick up yards with his legs. It's one of Mitch's strengths. I think watch for Trubisky to have some big runs in this game, whether by design or just scrambling. As the pizzazz on the show, you guys have to make this decision.
1: We are <laughs> up against, we're up against the break here. we got news coming up. Bob Dabrowski is on hold. Can he, are we going to leave him there till after the news? Yes? we are. No, we're going to take him right now? We've got to get Bob in right now. I mean, this legendary caller. Okay. Right? You called right. for Bob. Bob's calling. Here so, he is. Bob, welcome to Hogan Johns on 720 WGN. You are a cherished, cherished caller, sir.
8: Cat and Johnsy, babe, doing the live thing now. How about it? You guys moving up in the world, eh?
4: We're trying to. We We're trying have, to, my friend. Just have you to I, think,
8: Bob. Well, I love to hear it. I love to, to get you guys more three hours of Friday night just uh, with some of my buds here going over the game plan for coach on Sunday afternoon. And uh, I got to say, I uh, I like the way the Bears match up in this one. I think, uh, you know, we got Mitch dropping back and – if they can control the middle of the line like they did against the Rams, and Mitch's got all day, he's gonna pick apart that secondary. And uh, you know, their offense don't scare me against this defense. We got Korea Max and uh we got a Hicks. He's gonna be playing angry. That dancing bear is gonna dance in the backfield all day night.
2: I love it. I love it. So where's the tailgate gonna be on Sunday, most importantly?
8: Tailgate north uh north end zone probably, um by that museum there and uh it's gonna be going live I think uh like um one o'clock in the afternoon. Uh take us up to a kickoff and uh you know I'll be there and I'll be cheering the booms on third down or whatever coach wants. We gotta get to him later and figure that out. But um yeah, it's gonna be rocking in there and I can't wait.
2: Well we're gonna give you a big opportunity here, Bob. A bold okay. prediction. Bold prediction. You got
8: one for us? Bald prediction. Yeah, I got one for you. Um, Let's see. I got uh, Bears 33 honoring the great Peanut Tillman. And I think uh, it might surprise some, but the Eagles get on the board. 13.
4: 33-13. Okay. Okay.
8: And I think Shaheen... The Grizzly Giant, he gets a touchdown. Oh, I got a bold prediction. That's a bold there prediction. I got a bold prediction. Boulder. You, guys. you think you guys are going to like this one. The Dabrowski double reverse deluxe comes into play on yes. the afternoon on the lake shore.
4: So the backstory we on this it. is our friend here has been emailing us about this play that he wants us to get to Nagy. So maybe he found a way to get it to Nagy.
8: No, I think... I wasn't saying you guys got to tell him. I, I think Coach has already got this in the book. Okay, oh. It's the exact thing that he ran Thanksgiving against the Lions um, with uh, Daniel in there. But instead of Daniel running on the second reverse screen, he drops back, he heaves a dart downfield to, uh, I don't know, Tony Miller or somebody. <laughs>
1: Bob, great call. Appreciate you. Love the Dabrowski double reverse double nickel deluxe, deluxe, deluxe.
2: deluxe. My bad. You can Heart. order it on the uh, in,
1: at your nearest drive through at Dabrowski Thank you, Bobo. So, news next seven twenty WGN.
3: How will you balance your time this week, making sure you're ready for this game, also ready for your interviews for head coaching spot next week?
6: I've done zero on that second part. I have enough on my plate coaching these guys and the other things and deal with it as they come up. Flattering to have a job interviews? I guess, but I don't get flattered that much.
3: Think, what would that opportunity to be a
6: head coach meet you? I don't know, we'll, we'll tackle that when time comes.
7: A lot of your guys have said they don't even want to think about the possibility of you leaving. What what does that even mean to you, just that they have been such strong
3: advocates to keep you here?
6: Well, that's nice of them to say that. I appreciate that. And, you know, feedback from those guys is always valued. So I I appreciate that and like it.
4: What would be important for you in a head coaching opportunity? What would make you attracted to a certain job?
6: If the situation's good, and then you're going to say, well, what's good? There, there's a lot of things, you know, working with management, players, you know, et cetera. I mean, I haven't given it a lot of thought. And I'm not lying to you guys. I mean, I've got zero up there done. You can do some Sunday night, Monday morning? I don't know. I have not returned one phone call. I've not done one piece of work for it. I refuse to, and that's it. Were you upset for the Cubs? Filled their adventure. Yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> did, you prepare, did you prepare for that? Oh, I haven't prepared for that either. <laughs> A lot of people need preparation for that. Yeah. I really don't. That's why I'm here. We
0: can live this <laughs> together. Stand it strong forever. Nothing's
1: gonna stop us. Ah, it's a tribute to Vic
2: Banjo. It's almost like the Hogan Johns podcast. I had 841. As the first time tonight, Carm would start singing on the show. So it, we officially hit the over. It's the pizzazz we needed, though, Adam.
1: He is the pizzazz. I was singing the whole, every quote there with the song underneath <laughs> it, it. That was a great job <laughs> by Joey Jojo. I, I was feeling it. Uh, okay, so you're listening to Hogan John's The Podcast. Uh, they're allowing Mark Harmon and me to sue in with them. It's WGN Nightside process all that on 720 right. WGN 312-981-7200 the
2: Bears are in the playoffs. We're usually a podcast you can hear three times a week on WGNRadio.com Bears special tonight they brought us in. We're having fun I, I, you know uh, this is one of the things that's sort of a sidebar to this big playoff game. Journalism words I like it sidebar yeah. Sidebar. I mean it's a big story for this franchise right now is Vic Fangio a <laughs> going to be the defensive coordinator next season because he is so important to, to this team right now and he's going to be doing some interviews either Sunday night or Monday morning. I know Pat Finley was trying to get the exact itinerary there and what the sound you heard. Um, zero. 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 Pat sits right under the microphone at Hal's Hall. Can't ever hear a question he ask, actually asks Ask the softest questions ever asked in the history of the world. But if there's something worth laughing at, you hear huh. c- clear as day. You, I
1: appreciate
2: Patrick. <laughs> I, just, I just, you say that with the biggest I, smile. Well,
1: because I'll I, I'll see him. You know asking questions at Bears press conferences, then he's sitting in the front row at a Northwestern basketball game. He's got the family out there. He's always smiling. I just just like a nice, friendly Patrick Finley in my Bears coverage. Matt Nagy had fun with him again today. Oh, Pat, it's Flannel Friday again. (laughs) Called him a lumberjack a couple
4: weeks ago for his flannel shirt, and it's become a theme at Uh, Alice Hall.
1: uh, We would love to hear some Bears fan enthusiasm as we build towards the game here on Sunday. Like, how excited are you at the Bears in the playoffs? uh, I'd like to hear some Super Bowl calls coming in here. We're going all the way 312-981-7200 and Vic Fangio perhaps leaving which I he's, he's at least going to be interviewed I don't think he's going anywhere I don't I don't think you guys do either but uh, I, I look you know as we start the Fangio conversation one of the great things that Matt Nagy did coming over here was not being intimidated by that guy and paying whatever we got to pay him I want that guy as my defensive coordinator
2: well, it, it, one of the things we learned, too, talking to Doug Peterson this week is that Andy Reid is not very open to you taking his other assistants with him to whatever job you take. So, um, And on the defensive side of the ball, I don't know what kind of contacts Matt Nagy has. I'm sure he had some ideas, but it was pretty obvious that he was walking into a job that was very established on one side of the football, not only with the coordinator, but the coaches he had underneath. Vic, Vic Fangio leaves. Ed Donatel probably leaves. There's a whole bunch of guys down the line that could have left with him. So, and he's coming in the first job he's ever had as a head coach. He's got to build an offensive staff when he knows he can't bring guys with him from Kansas City. So, the it was the biggest no-brainer yeah, of no-brainers. Yeah. Because you also have the general manager, the guy who just hired yeah. you, that knows how important it is to keep Vic too. And they have a good relationship. Yeah, That's the point I wanted to make. That's the most
4: underrated part, I think, about the whole entire Vic Fangio conversation. Yes, Matt Nagy had to sign off on his rehiring or or, or keeping Vic Fangio, I should say. But Ryan Pace's relationship is a tight one with Vic Fangio. They are very close. They see eye-to-eye on a lot of players in terms of scouting them, whether it's in the pro ranks or college ranks. Very tight relationship. Same type of work ethic. That bond
1: helped keep Vic Fangio in place for Matt Nagy. And, and and that's a impressive job by Ryan Pace, considering, hey, yes, Vic will interview you to be the head coach. But yeah, I'm hiring this thirty-nine now forty year old guy, and will you please stay? That's not an easy conversation. Yeah,
2: I mean that's the um the kind of awkwardness of it. And there's so many egos in the NFL that there's there's a lot of coaches that okay, I'm coming out of contract, they didn't hire me for the big job, I'm gonna go somewhere else that i though speaks to again and i can't harp on this enough it's it, you hear it sort of as a cliche but it doesn't really apply much across the nfl if we're being honest about it But Ryan Pace really, truly is trying to build good people throughout the organization. Like, genuinely good people. That matters to him. That's a thing that really actually does matter to Ryan Pace. And it's who he actually is, too. So whether we're talking about just some of the people that work behind the scenes at the desks of the house, hall, to the head coach, the assistants, but also the players. Stacey Dales brought up earlier just the, the atmosphere with this team, the locker room, and how different it is. Well, there hasn't been drama. Like has there been any drama this year? No. I I no. One no. The, the biggest drama we've had is sometimes getting a hold of Cleo Mack on Fridays. Yes. And Eddie Jackson wouldn't talk to us today. Yes. But we're we're not talking about Press conferences with Alshon Jeffrey or or Brandon Marshall well, walking in with a with a, a with stack with, of
4: papers to hand out to the media, or the, the the press conference came in with the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. Remember that?
2: Yeah.
1: Mark Carmen got a tie out of that one press conference. Do you did. still have it? I I probably do somewhere. It was nice and green, and I was very much in. in Mark love Potash with it. still has his green <laughs>
4: shirt
2: from that from that one day. I, I mean, Brandon Marshall was doing a trivia show. <laughs> the helicopters. That was our drama. Yes. But Cody that Parkey. was that was created by the media. That wasn't and honestly it was just Sarah Ginger fixing Cody Parkey. I continue yes, to yes, give her all yes. the credit. For
4: all this. the credit in the world to Sarah. I, I just go back to when Tressman actually had like a winning team. That locker room was just so different. Remember you had Anks with like Charles Tillman and, and Lance Briggs still there. You had Jay Cutler kinda coming into his own as a different type of character in this town. He had Brandon Marshall. You had Martellus Bennett. Forget about him. I mean, his brother's coming to town, but he was another big personality in that locker room. I mean,
1: it was just different. The sideshows were there. Earl Bennett's been out with me a bunch lately, and he talked about how they had this great receiver group then, and after practice, they would play cards in the corner. Maybe you guys saw this. And Tressman comes over. They're playing cards. And Trespid comes over there and it's like, get this, stop doing this. This is not, you know, he just, he like shut down the card game. Like, we've been playing this card game for
2: five years here. Yeah. He's like, we're changing the culture here. Uh, like, like, how often? Well, let me tell you about that, card games. That's, that's funny. They go on every day at Alice Hall. There's, there's now couches set up on both ends of the locker room with the table, and they're playing. It's actually a detriment to us because it's hard for us to sometimes inter- interrupt the card game and be the bad guy that's pulling one of the players out to do an interview. Um, but it, and then there, we brought up the basketball hoops earlier within the locker room. I mean, Nagy's all for that type of stuff. A lot of guys it, playing horse, yeah. It, so, uh, all right, back to Fangio. Let's talk a little bit about the opportunities in front of him. He's expected to interview uh, with the Broncos and the Dolphins. Now, just real quick, those are the only two reported interviews for the guy that's running the best defense in the league, correct? All right. There's eight jobs open. It's interesting to me that he's not getting more than two interviews, unless there's something we don't know about. But usually these interviews are pretty transparent, and teams announce them these days. It's not the only secret interviews happen with college coaches who don't want that out there with you know to mess with recruiting. So what's the best fit? I mean, he's supposed to interview with the Broncos. He's supposed to interview with the Dolphins. Adam Johns, do you actually view those as either? Um, actually good fits for Vic, who, as much as he didn't really want to talk about this when we talked to him yesterday, he did say, you know, the fit matters, the culture matters. One thing he didn't talk about, but also should always matter, especially if you're a defensive coach coming in, is who's the quarterback?
4: Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the who's the quarterback question is one reason why he only has two interviews. You have Sam Darnold with the Jets. Obviously, they're going to look for their version of Matt Nagy or Sean McVay. You have Josh Rosen with the Cardinals. Obviously, they're going to look for their own version of Sean McVay or Matt Nagy. That's what they want. That's what they should go get. It clearly works for for the Bears. It clearly works for the Rams. So that's why Vic Fangio's options are limited. In terms of the Broncos, in terms of the the Dolphins, I don't see either of them being a good fit for Vic Fangio. I I, I don't. There's been too much activity with those organizations over the past several seasons. There's been... Too many tumultuous things going on. You heard Vic Fangio say in that highlight reel that our guy Joey Jojo put together here. He wants a good situation. I don't know if those situations fit a Vic Fangio.
2: I agree, but what I will say is if there, I think it can work in Denver. What I would be worried about is John Elway's situation. Is he going to be the GM beyond next year? When we were in Denver for a whole week, Back in August, that was a big conversation. By the way, they take their football in Denver very, very seriously. Got yeah. own, the team has their own radio station. Yeah, in in they had their own radio road during practices. Yeah, I mean, I'm still blown away by that. Uh, but a lot of that conversation was how long is John Elway going to be here? And it was kind of widely accepted that like his contract's up after next season. Is he still going to be there? So that would be one thing if I'm Vic Fangio, and this is exactly why the Bears extended Ryan Pace last year when everyone was like, "Why would you do that?". That's why you do it because if you want to attract good head coaches, you can't have the GM getting fired a year later because uh, that's not good job security. If you're Vic Fangio, the reason why I think that's a decent fit, though, um, I'd be worried if I was him about John Elway. I'd be worried about I'd be worried if you know if I was Vic about the quarterback because Case Keenum's not the answer, and they don't have a high enough draft pick to to get um, uh, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, so, but the defense. It's good. It's a good fit for him. You got Von Miller. You got Bradley Chubb. There's good pieces out there, and it's something that continue to be built up with the right coach. So it also, for him, gets him closer back out west. We know he likes California. Um, yeah, but hold on a second. He's 60 years
1: old. Yes, that matters. And I think it's pretty clear that he wants to be a head coach. He talks about it. In ways that uh, he doesn't, le- I mean, he's he's not preparing for the interviews. We heard of that, but he—it's pretty clear he wants to be. Yeah. So he say that he did say that depends on the situation. I think he would take any gig you offered. See, it, he's he, taking it. He, he,
4: I, I, he, I tend to agree too. Let me lay something out for you guys. He wants to be a head coach, but he wants to win as well. Let's not forget that he famously chose the Bears over a Packers offer. He said no to Aaron Rodgers and what they were cooking up there. He didn't feel right about that situation. He felt the Bears. He had a good feeling about the Bears. He liked Trubisky. He liked the future. But
2: I guarantee you, he also could sense that Mike McCarthy was. No, really I know, I know, I know that's part of gone.
4: it. But you know what? Maybe it's his last hurrah. Maybe Aaron Rodgers puts a Super Bowl run together. That's what I'm talking about. Vic Fangio, being in his 60s, also wants that Super Bowl title. That matters. That matters. Where would he get that faster?
1: Yeah, but to be the head yeah, guy, I know I mean, you
4: got to you got to take your shot, don't you? <laughs> I would Look, think. I know it's been a long time coming for him, and part of that's probably unfair, but it's been a long time coming for a Super Bowl title, too.
2: Well, maybe he gets
1: that and leaves. I, yeah, that's what it could be. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, also, too, just as far as him getting hired, the chari- I love him. Love listening to him. Gives you a straight answer, but the charisma to be a head coach... I mean, this is not even Matt Nagy anywhere close. I mean, he, Well, he's got a different type of charisma.
4: Yeah. Very straightforward, very dry sense of humor. Also,
2: he's liked, though. This isn't like John Fox where he's, he's um, going out of his way to not help you. Vic gives us decent answers if you ask the right questions, uh, and he'll have fun with you. And he's been nothing but professional and respectful towards us, too. But you think he could lead a team? Like oh, well, no, yes, uh, yes. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. it, you, you talk to those guys in that locker room. I mean, they no no player in that locker room, and I, I would say offensive players too, even though they don't play for him on the defensive side, they, no one wants to see Vic Leave. Oh, I, I get that. He's, to me,
1: he sort of seems like a, a Romeo Cornell type. Phenomenal defensive coordinator, really respected
2: by his guys. And defense. that's the thing. We don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe yeah, he won't yeah. make it as a head coach. Uh, real quick, I want to kind of play a, a matching game, which with um, some of these jobs that are open right now. I'm going to pencil Vic Fangio in, though, as the fit for the Broncos. Not completely sold on it, really, more from his stance. But I think the Broncos could definitely do worse than hiring Vic Fangio from their side of things. I would be interested in him. A little music behind us. I like this. JoJo's awesome. All right, the New York <laughs> Jets. <laughs> Pressure is on. The New York Jets. Mike McCarthy. I think Mike McCarthy has been given a little bit of a bad rap here. For uh, It's like all of a sudden there's this consensus that he's a bad coach and should have been fired a long time ago. Okay, it's, you know how hard it is to be a head coach in one place for 13 years? So he goes New York. He gets a young guy in Sam Darnold who I still think could be pretty good. I like that fit for Mike McCarthy. Sticks with the green. Okay. How about Miami? I'm going to throw you a curveball here. Bless you. First, it, Thank you, Adam. Johns sneezes. By the way, are very. I had the mic off. You yeah, heard uh, that? I know, but that's a man sneeze. Yeah, a, a, they're very common here on the podcast. You're,
1: you're allowed. You're allowed to sneeze on a Hogan Johns on the radio Friday night extravaganza. You go right into the I mic. I had my fine. mic off. You, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's just the recording of his actual sneeze. It's not like it was pulled off the internet. That's actually Adam Johns. Um, how about Jim Harbaugh? in no Miami. No way. Never. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. I knew I'd get him A lot of commotion. There. Joe <laughs> in the, loves his
3: production boot. Nope. That's out. Just throwing uh, a uh, Miami's owner is a Michigan grad.
2: Steven Ross loves himself some Jim Harbaugh. If I'm Jim, I would seriously consider leaving. You don't beat Ohio State next year when Urban Meyer's not there. You might be in some trouble. And... Everyone dismisses Jim Harbaugh. The guy did nothing but win when he was with the 49ers. I know he rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, but he had four really good seasons, and then they went straight in the tank once he left. He knows what he's doing. How many pair of khakis does that man own? More than me. I got one.
1: I wear him every week for Northwestern. Guys, too. He's, I listen, he's Michigan, I don't think, would ever fire him to your other point there. I don't I don't think like they'd ever kick him on even he keeps losing. And he was great in the NFL. But the dude's just too weird. He's just <laughs> so You know what, Carms? You're weird. <laughs> yeah, but Almost, I, I'm wearing Every a, head coach is weird. No, he's You know what's weird? That Matt Nagy doesn't seem weird. He, he, that's true too. Matt Nagy's like the most normal guy ever to coach an NFL team. Really <laughs> it, is. Isn't he? He really is. Like That's weird. It, most coaches are But how about using that that bizarre stare
2: it doesn't say anything? I I, I can't do it. We're running short here. How about Bruce Arians in Cleveland? It's the only job he said he'd take. He brings some respectability to that organization. Young quarter. He he took an Arizona Cardinals franchise that does nothing and got them to the NFC Championship game. I think it would be a good fit for Cleveland. Where should Adam Gase go? Any guesses? Green Bay. Well, they do they are interested. I already uh I didn't do no Josh McDaniels should go to Green Bay. Okay. Where's Adam Gates? Work with Aaron Rodgers, he worked with Tom Brady, he knows how to handle a Hall of Fame quarterback. Adam Gates should go to Arizona. Work with Josh Rosen. Or New York would be fine too with the Jets, but I think Arizona's a good fit. He didn't get the quarterback he really needed in Miami. He did not get At him. least a healthy one. Exactly. Where's Fox going? Where's Trusty ending up there? <laughs> Bring back Lovey. <laughs> Not doing that. Uh, Zach Taylor, the uh, quarterback coach from the Rams, should go to Tampa, and Eric Bieniemy, the new Matt Nagy, yes, the offense coordinator in Chiefs, should go to Cincinnati.
4: Okay. That was a very I thought nice. Hugh Jacks is going to show up there again.
2: Nope. That was, a, that was
1: a solid trip run. All right, coming up, the stories that matter with Andre Darlis from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom on WGN Radio. we got one more hour of the Hogue and John's podcast on WGN Nightside on 720
2: WGN. Chase had an idea on Twitter to have the whole stadium do your boom. Chase. <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> boom. The game.
6: <laughs> Is he going to lead it?
2: I don't know. <laughs> He's caught a little bit of fire on It It has. Just curious, what you think about that? Since it's your celebration.
6: Well, I don't know. I mean, that might be. It might be pretty cool. I guess. Uh, when are you gonna do it?
2: Yeah, I think the idea was right at the
6: start of the game. Oh. oh. I'm not in charge of it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to know who the person is that's going to synchronize all those people. Uh, but I'm sure it can be done. Uh, the, no, it's, it's uh, again, that just happened organically. That was not, I, don't, I think it was the Detroit game on Thanksgiving, if I, my memory serves me right. But it just, so it's kind of caught fire. Now we do it. Now they're asking me for it, so I got to do it. And now I'm starting to kind of have fun with it. Hogan John
4: seven twenty WGN. We just got a new uh, press release from the Chicago Bears tonight. Adam Hogue has officially been named the the Boom Director, Director of, expert, director of Boom. I'm not the Boom guy. That was not the awesome. Boom guy. The Director. of it boom. It sounded
2: like Nagy was putting him in charge. of... I was like, You're I'm the Boom guy. I just shut it down real fast. <laughs> I did my part. I brought it up in the press conference. You did for your part? Talk about
1: my favorite part of that whole exchange is his laugh at the very end at you. <laughs> that was outstanding. Chase. Boom. That, so can we uh, reset where the boom started? How it started, then became now borderline phenomenon in Chicago. The 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 Matt boom because. Maybe I feel like I'm late to the boom party, which I'm sure other people are late to the boom party, <laughs> well, too.
2: He mentioned it in there that it started organically in Thanksgiving. The drinking.
0: No! One more! No. And another! No!
4: That's one of the last ones. That's the one we heard in Minnesota, I believe. I think so. Through the the concrete walls, I might add. So,
2: yeah, for those who don't know, they do the club dub thing in the locker room. came from Joe Madden. They get the disco ball out. They have dance parties after they win. Well, then that shuts down. The coach talks to the team. And then he just started doing this thing where, like, while he's talking, all of a sudden he goes... Boom! And it's caught on. (laughs) The players love it! So now... Chase Daniel and actually I didn't even realize it's actually a tweet from a couple weeks ago that just started to get uh, Pat Finley's story. Yeah, so Pat Finley wrote always a whole, making the podcast. Our, our guy Pat. Pat Finley and his laugh um, <laughs> wrote a story on, on the boom thing and then Chase Daniel retweeted it and said wouldn't it be cool if at the start of the game all the fans just went boom, like right at the kickoff, which I think would actually be pretty cool and is doable. The the best boom that he did is where
4: Nagy pretended to juggle balls, like in the air, like he's a juggler. And then boom. See, Bears game day operations should... It's already it's on there. Is it? But it's not as prominent. It comes after the game. I think it's at at halftime too. Um, but it's not as prominent as
1: Chase Daniel and Adam Hogue, the director of Boom, wants to have <laughs> it this Sunday. You think it's too taunting of the opposition if you got a whole boom situation going on? We already
0: have an airgate siren
2: going. <laughs> What's the big difference? Can you imagine after a touchdown, crowds going crazy, now you're if you did it every kickoff? and or, the whole stadium is just that just became the kickoff thing
1: or after every touchdown how sweet would that be if the whole place was just going boom after touchdowns there's rever- reverberating through the stadium that'd be amazing this is like a huge opportunity right now i mean you're they're, they're, you're building a whole thing that that right, well, would be
4: better than the bear raid siren which which is obviously artificial it's been organic that this boom phenomena right director of boom i have ha!
2: boom baby i have been looking you know for for uh you know things to be the director of so um maybe this is a an untapped market that i can dive into and really make my millions of dollars in the you'll world you'll be like that guy in the college sidelines with the the, the big board of like various <laughs> pictures
4: it's
1: a boom it's a big boom i'm just seeing the vision of look look the bears have always been the number one team in the city but for the last whatever it is at least four five six years borderline irrelevant I mean, not talked about anywhere near to the level that they were – and maybe talked about, but just not the excitement. And now it's like it's all coming back, and they're likable, and you've got this head coach, and you've got the quarterback. There's There's an opportunity here. For the you know to re, for them to really grab the city like they haven't in forever you like I would say start even more new than, traditions right I think even more than the Peanut Tillman Brian Erlich I think I think they have an ability to get even more embedded in the city now with the, the characters that they have and, well, they, you, and they had some characters well, then
4: well you mentioned the head coach and look that locker room loved some Lovey Smith
1: right but he was horrible this
4: this is is different no he wasn't a horrible coach but it didn't he, exude charisma natural charisma Nagy's different. I mean, you, publicly different,
1: right? I mean, public like fans of Lovey like that matters. That does matter it, in terms of perception. It, I think it totally does. Like fan, fans of Lovey like they respected him. He's he's, he's quiet. He's well spoken. He's Lovey. The players love him. But it wasn't like you ever, you never wanted to hear him talk. Even people that loved Lovey. This is. I mean, man... I, mean, I mean, this club dub phenomenon. In, in your one, this boom phenomenon.
4: It's. It's unheard of. This has not happened in year one of Trustman. This has not happened in year one of Lovey Smith. This has not happened in year one of Dave Wanstead. Dick Turan. could go on and on. This is
1: something special, something different. I'm getting excited. The players
2: are You're in standing.
1: Now. Yeah. All right. I'm, I mean, he think he could have his own restaurant. A lot of things could happen. As here. director of Boom.
2: Yes. Go ahead. I would actually like to see this executed on Sunday. <laughs> now I'm into it. <laughs> I also, now you're really going to spread the message. I also think Pat Finley is a little jealous that I became the director, director of Boom. Him. Yes,
4: yeah. yes, he's just Flannel Friday That's, guy. <laughs> flannel,
2: yeah, Nagy Nagy ripped Pat today for wearing flannel again. That's good, Flannel Friday. That's good. Yeah. Should we talk about the? Um, yes, we should. The uh, the Go Matt with, Nagy problem. Yeah, let me. It's not really a problem.
1: So, okay. People should go to WGNRadio.com and read Adam Hogue's Bears blog as your 10 things this week. Number one, you dove into, last year, Matt Nagy, offensive coordinator of the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are up 21-3 to on the Tennessee Titans. They lose the game 22-21. He was calling the plays, and a lot of people blamed, it, blamed Nagy for it, which, on the surface, you would think, you were calling the plays, how do you lose that game? And then you did the deep dive, watched the whole game back.
2: Well... A little background on this is that he, not only did he get the criticism and the blame, but if you may remember his introductory press conference here at House Hall, he accepted the blame. I mean, he used the word failure. He said he would learn from it. Um, Character. And, and I'll admit that that's where I think I fell into, I don't know if it's a trap or whatever, but... It, I wasn't uh, analyzing that game like I was in Kansas City trying to figure out what went wrong, but when he comes out and accepts the blame, you know, it's just sort of been this thing that we all thought all year, that Matt Nagy struggled as the play caller in the playoffs last year, wild card game at home, big favorites against the Titans, very similar situation as he's walking into this week, which is why it came up again. So he was asked Monday by Mark Potash from the Sun-Times about that game and what he learned from it. And he said he, there was only one play call that he had a problem with. That's what struck me because I'm going, well, wait, wait a minute, you took all his blame last year, but it was only one play. So I actually went back and rewatched the whole game this week. And what I found was a very different situation than what um, the, 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 the what was kind of portrayed after the game, even by Matt Nagy. Now, for, for all the details... Go read it. at dot slash bears. But the bottom line is, like, there there's some things like, okay, there was twenty one to three. Well, he didn't call another play until it was twenty one to ten. It was an 11-point game because the Titans went on an 8-minute drive to start the second half before the Chiefs even got the ball back. So you got an 11-point game. It's midway through the third quarter. You're going to sit on the ball? Pass that. Right. Okay. And also very relevant in that moment, Alex Smith went 19-for-23 in the first half for 231 yards and two touchdowns. That's a Mitch Trubisky game in one half. They had all the success throwing the ball. It's the first time they're touching it in the third quarter. You don't change your offense. okay? And then the other thing is, he actually only called 11 plays with the lead. That's what's totally lost. The main criticism was, how did Kareem Hunt only get five carries in the second half when you had an 18-point lead? Which sounds like a very valid criticism. There were only 11 plays, though, when they had the lead because the defense blew it so quickly. And 5 out of 11 is actually very good balance. Yeah, you can't have a problem with that. And and the kicker missed a field goal, which is relevant. And the biggest thing, here's the Titans' second half. Touchdown. Touchdown, touchdown, kneel down to end the game. I mean, I'm just struggling to find where the offensive coordinator is to blame in any of this. And going back and watching, it just confirmed it. Well, flash
4: forward to today. Was it today where you said, I've never had a defense... Like this Might have been yesterday, but it was this week. Definitely didn't have it last year in Kansas City. They were, what, 28th overall? I could look up a a bunch of different stats. They're not what the Bears are. Statistically, the Bears have the best defense in the league. And look, with all due respect to to the Ravens, some of the most important statistics, some of the most important advanced statistics tell you the Bears have the best in the league. Last year, the Chiefs did not have that whatsoever.
2: So the one play call that I, I think he regretted Um, Because he said he couldn't remember and he didn't tell us. But there was a third and one where he ran kind of a gimmicky quarterback option. Alex Smith was stuffed in the backfield. Play didn't work. That was the first drive of the third quarter, though. It's not like it was a huge moment in the game. And then later, there was a third and two that they threw the ball on. Orson Charles dropped it. Orson Charles. Who's Orson Charles? Well, he was the backup tight end in the game because Travis Kelsey suffered a concussion in the first half. Also very relevant to the second half performance for the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, too many times play callers get blamed for failures from players. You have to still execute. So then the question is, why did Matt Nagy accept the blame then? Well, Andy Reid went to bat for him after the game. So here he is. He's leaving town. He's taking a new job in a new city. What's he going to do? Well, he's going to take the blame back because it doesn't matter anymore. He's not in Kansas City, and he reads his guy. So I think that's why he did it. Meanwhile, there's been this whole sort of myth this entire year that Matt Nagy – remember how much we talked about that when he was hired here? Like, I wish I had this context back then because it was such a big conversation. It was a, I mean, How it was, could you hire the guy that just now? blew the game? Right. And he didn't blow the game.
1: Who's, though. who's never been a head coach, who barely was an offensive coordinator. I mean, they were, he was getting killed for it.
4: Truth is, maybe Matt Nagy has a better Bears team than the Chiefs were last year.
2: Well, Definitely on defense. You know, it's funny looking back on it, you could argue that maybe Patrick Mahomes should have been playing in that game.
4: Well, <laughs> come on.
2: <laughs> different conversation, different circumstance. But now you think about it, you go, oh, I wonder if they would have won if Patrick Mahomes would have played. Again, though, it's not like Alex Smith was bad. He had his best career year, I believe. <laughs> Won the first half, again, nineteen for twenty three, two
1: hundred thirty one yards, two touchdowns. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Hogan Johns, the podcast, with you on seven twenty WGN till ten. Uh... And one more thing on the nag, him taking the blame to me—that's a credit to his personality, to his character. That he's what's he going to do? Point the finger? You know, Alex Smith uh, or your right. your backup tight end or, or, or Andy didn't let me. What's he? He owned it. That's what you. Uh, that's the only thing you do right there if you're in integrity. And I mean, I give him credit for it.
2: Yeah. And, and by the way, I chatted a little bit with Brian Witzman, the Bears' backup guard, this week because he was on that team. He just actually started that game at uh, left guard for the Chiefs and um, ended up not using any of the quotes, but you, you could tell, I mean, very similar feelings from one of his offensive players, too. And and he also didn't want to throw anybody under the bus, too. I mean, it's not like he would... to uh-huh. throw his former teammates under the yeah, bus then, yes. Exactly. So it's a tough position to put him in to even comment on it, but it, it, it was, that's part of the reason why I didn't end up using any of the quotes, but you, you could tell that's how the players felt, too. Again, just to flash forward... To, to this year. It's why he tells Trubisky to trust his defense.
4: He's learning. He's going to have his mistakes in his second year, first year in that offense. Trust
1: your defense. Couldn't do that last year with
6: Alex Smith. So Take that and think about that for a little bit.
1: 312-981-7200. Phone line, text line from the 406. This is Brian in Montana. Who used to coach the Eagles? Andy Reid. Who coaches the Chiefs? Andy Reid. Who's a student of Andy Reid? Matt Nagy. Andy Reid has never gotten to the Big Dents. Can Nagy get us
2: there? Great segue. Thank you to the texture uh, because Andy Reid actually did get to the big dance.
4: Yeah, do you know? A, do
2: you know what year he did that? Andy Reid got to the. I don't. I believe it was two thousand two. Do you know he beat in the divisional round that year? I got the year right on the Super Bowl, right for the Eagles. I think it was two thousand two. Well, he got there with Donovan McNabb, right. Oh, so that was when they beat the Bears, what was
1: it, 33-19?
4: Well, you're thinking about the Hugh Douglas game where Jim Miller got slammed. And that team went to the Super Bowl? I believe
2: it was that team. We'll have to double-check Well, that era of Eagles football got to the Super Bowl. He did make the big dance, if that's what we're calling it. Lost to the Patriots. and um, Anyway... The reason it's a good segue is because I would like to go back and look at that 2002 game between the Philadelphia Eagles and Chicago Bears. If you're not already pumped up for this game, we'll give you a little bit of a revenge to think about. All right, get a reel in the morning with Larry Potash, Robin Baumgarten, Paul Conrad, and the
1: entire WGN-TV morning news team. Weekdays, 4 to 10, going back in
2: Bears-Eagles playoff time. Also, real quick, 312 From this point on until 10 o'clock, we are open to take your predictions. Meatbally or not meatball-y, whatever you want to you want to give us bold predictions of what we do on the Hogan Johns podcast, predictions for the game. Phone lines are open for the next, uh, what do we got, 37 more minutes. We'll take your predictions the rest of the way. Text line as well, 312-981-7200 at 720 WGN.
0: Hogan Johns. Did we just become best friends? Yep! Let's get you back out to Hogan Johns. Already in progress on 720 WGN.
1: 927 Friday night, Hogan Johns. On the WGN night side till 10, Mark Carmen sitting along with Bears and the Eagles on Sunday.
2: Quick correction, Yeah, because that was not the year the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. 03? Uh, 05. 05, right. They played the Patriots. Uh, That year, the Patriots beat the Rams, who beat the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. But that was the year that the Eagles played... The Bears in the playoffs. So it was the 2001 season. It was the 2002 playoffs uh, game played at Soldier Field. How'd Jim Miller do? Eagles won
4: 33-19.
2: Here's what I'm going to read straight from the game notes. I don't know if I've done this all year, but this is the actual Chicago Bears game notes. Uh, In the 2001 divisional playoff at Soldier Field, Eagles, which was actually January 2002, I don't know why they just don't call it the 2002 playoffs. People know the new year. Eagles kicker David Akers hit four field goals in Philadelphia's defense held Chicago in check when quarterback Jim Miller was knocked out of the game in the second quarter because of a separated shoulder ouch
3: and they didn't change the rule after that you know they change it when Tommy gets hurt Oh one, yeah. Jim Miller Tommy. Guitar. Yeah.
2: Exactly. Uh quarterback Donovan McNabb completed twenty six of forty passes for two hundred and sixty two yards and rushed for thirty-seven more. Akers kicked a forty yard field goal to put the Eagles up twenty three to seventeen in the final quarter. And when Chicago's Autry Denson fumbled the ensuing kickoff after a hit by Tim Hawk. Wait, 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 quitting... Who? Yeah. Who yeah, fumbled?
3: <laughs> Audrey Denson? Yeah. Who is that? I was watching Highlights earlier. (laughs) I don't know. They had trips right with Marty Booker. Great player. I mean, for the Bears, I guess. Enormous hands. Ahmed Merritt Mm -hmm. and Dwayne Bates. That team
2: hosted a playoff game. I love Dwayne Bates. Bring him back. Dwayne Bates, Northwestern. Go Cats. Uh, Rose Bowl. Yeah, I don't know a lot of these players. I know Donovan McNabb is. Uh, responded by, after getting sacked, he eluded the Bears, found Staley on a 14-yarder to get acres and field Deuce. Like, uh, too many field goals. Who cares? Um... McNabb then had a five-yard touchdown run with 3.21 to go. Shane Matthews filling in for Jim Miller. Yes. Managed only one offensive touchdown. Defense got them a third-quarter lead when Jerry Azuma grabbed a deflected pass and raised 39 yards for a touchdown to put the Bears up 14-3. Who's zooming who? McNabb led the Eagles on 11 play, 69-yard nice drive in the final minute of the first half. Did it really say nice drive? I added that word. Okay. Scrambling out of uh, Bears <laughs> rush, hitting Cecil Martin for a 13-yard touchdown with 14 seconds go. This that, is a
1: nighttime story, by the way, for kids going to bed right
2: none now. None of this is in order, by the way.
1: Anyone
3: notices uh, that put up? Yeah, it was a beat down, and then the Bears yeah. were winning all of a sudden. That was it uh, was a little lost there.
2: Now we're somewhere where it's thirteen to seven. I don't know how this score is going in this order. Five minutes after Chicago's Ahmad Merritt, my guy Ahmad Merritt, I play basketball with him in Vernon Hills. He's still around. Go, on. We're getting the Cliff Notes here Wisconsin. too.
1: Yeah, Wisconsin grad, former Bears that we played basketball against again. Who played against the Eagles in a playoff game? I used to play against Mo Douglas, who played in the Fog Bowl and had a pick six in that game. Continue on, please.
2: 1988 Fog Bowl. Uh, Love. We it. all have basketball connections. The former Bears played against the Eagles in the playoffs.
4: This is amazing. Where, who's yours? I don't have one.
2: Oh come on! I can't. I can't feel the synergy in the moment. Here. Kicked out of the off the island here. Um, it, okay. This was way more confusing than I thought. I thought I was going to read it. Okay, the, the game changed the game. when
4: Hugh Douglas picked up Jim Miller and body slammed him and dislocated his shoulder. <laughs> and some guy named Autry Denson fumbled. That happened too. Poor Jim Miller. Talk to him today, by the way. How's his shoulder doing? <laughs> Look... They felt so good about that team, and that was a tight game at that point. They led in the third quarter. Well, they were the two seat. Yes, they led in thirteen and three. They led in this in the third quarter.
1: Bears Eagles playoff memories for five hundred three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Hugh Douglas changed that game.
2: <laughs> the Fog Bowl's got to be the best one, right? If you the, saw it. it. The Fog Bowl.
1: The Bears were going to lose to the Eagles that day, and, then the, and and that was like that. That was the 85 Bears on their very, very, very last legs, and the fog rolled in, and they won.
2: Well, this will be the fourth playoff matchup between these two teams. Eagles are two and one. Bears got the Fog Bowl. Mm-hmm two and two after sunday hogan johns
3: doug was the guy that i really leaned on and relied on when Kurt reed wasn't around we had many nights talking x's and o's watching lots of video every day for six years so we have a great relationship i have a ton of
1: respect for him and just really happy for what he's done with the eagles
0: now back to hogan johns on 720 wgn
1: 937 the hogan johns
2: podcast with you till the top of the hour Double- so- the sound production tonight's been unbelievable. Unbelievable. Joe Romano and Ernie Scaton are guys. The best it done. The best.
1: Ernie makes it sound like we're legitimately doing the biggest broadcast in the history of radio. Like this is Wait, we're not? Well, good point, Adam. That's
2: exactly right. We have, we are. I, I don't know what where my head was. But... I thought I covered this at the top of the show. The Hogan Johns podcast, we bring it with playoff intensity. Every damn time. No matter what episode it is. Which, by the way, I believe this is episode 211, officially, of the Hogan Johns Podcast. We've been doing this for four years now. It's, We're international. I mean, it's 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 something that started... We gave a birthday shout-out to somebody in Scotland. We did do that, and I pronounced Glasgow wrong. How'd you say it? It's <laughs> like let, Glasgow. Let's, let's just go a little... Because l- I'm from Chicago, it's Glasgow. It's not Glasgow? No, it's Glasgow.
1: Glasgow. Doesn't make sense. And where can you listen to this podcast, for those wondering where you can listen to this podcast?
2: wgnradio.com just like that or on uh, whatever app most people listen to their podcasts through their apps you yeah, can yeah. do it on apple podcast google play tune in wherever you listen to your podcast you search hogue and john's and hit that subscribe button and let's talk about the moment where you guys looked
1: into each other's eyes and said <laughs> let's do a podcast who brought it to who how did it go down I'm guessing Adam Hogue was leaving this church. Well, he r- courted me.
2: Really, yeah. yeah. What happened was, is we're in training camp four years ago, and uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I have an idea what podcasts are, and I'm thinking this is going to be ahead of the game. There were no Bears podcasts out there, so I, I started doing one by myself. And it didn't take me long to be like, this is really boring. One guy just talking about the Bears. <laughs> <pairs." laughs> I, I love the. Solo he would do podcasting. these
4: random interviews with every reporter he could get in the, in the courtyard of Olivet Right, maybe. and
2: then you quickly run through the rolodex of the ten people on the beat. Can't talk to Brad Biggs again. What they didn't all realize was it was an all an ad- audition. Uh huh. And John's won. It changed his life. Yes. yes. And
3: when did you guys look into each other's eyes and bring in? <laughs> Joey Jojo, damn it! That's Right,
1: uh, Joe did change everything. Once we brought Joe in, I mean, I, there's not many podcasts that actually have a legit producer who does things. The fact that you that you get Joey, <laughs> That's true. The fact that, true. that Joey, you got Joe Romano to do this for you is it's incredible. I mean, you don't really do anything nice for him, do
2: you? Uh, seriously, have they ever done anything for you? I, I whoa whoa, be careful here because I did something nice today. Like what? Gave him a piece of gum. Peace of God. <laughs> I bought dinner tonight for, okay. for the guy My who dude. stuck around all day. Uh, what was the dinner? Worked at, what, 3 o'clock this morning till now? What was the dinner? Chipotle. Eh. Which, by the way, was only because we went to like 17 different places at 5 o'clock on a Friday and nothing was open.
3: Yeah, apparently 303 East Wacker is located uh, in the loop.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. There's not a lot of options. You're lucky that you didn't get Bockwinkles over there, which is the fine... Supermarket deli down the street, which Bachwinkles, you know, yeah, that's what I had for dinner. That sounds pretty good, actually. It was delicious, I loved it, but I'd rather have, it's no Chipotle with all due respect to the lovely people at Bachwinkles. All right, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there goes that endorsement. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Bachwinkles, if there's nothing else around, they will do the job. I'll, I'll,
2: <laughs> it doesn't help you. Know either. That, that reminds me a former boss of mine used to go there all the time.
1: The boss who works in a building nearby. Oh, okay, okay, he was a big he's a big flabwinkles guy all, all the time. Yeah, all right. 981 three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. I'm just curious, favorite moments for everybody on the season. Hopefully, the, the everyone's favorite favorite moment is going to be sometime in about three weeks when the Bears are in Atlanta or maybe the favorite moment will be beating the Rams. I think a lot of people are looking at this like it's the 84 Bears one year away from a Super Bowl. That yeah. team beat the Redskins in the playoffs, ended up losing to the Niners, and then uh, that changed, obviously, the next year when they won the Super Bowl. We,
2: we've talked about that uh, quite a bit on the podcast this season, especially in the last month or so. I think that's actually the wrong prediction. There's a, there's a few, or er, a comparison. There's a few reasons why I don't like it. One is because, like, if God forbid, Vic Fangio's gone defense changes can't Uh, carry him off in the uh, sideline without him another thing that you can find in my 10 Bears things this week have you looked at the schedule next year tough it's insane you're going to play the Rams, the Saints the Chiefs, the Chargers the Cowboys, there's actually a scenario where every team the Bears play on the road to the Super Bowl this year if they make it that far they would have rematches against next year yeah, it, it does feel like a whole letdown it, potential coming. It, it's here. a and, and if Vic Fangio goes to Denver, you actually go to Denver next season. I mean, the 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 schedule next year is outstanding. Um, but you guys don't think Fangio's leaving, correct? I do. Not. I don't. I'm not sure he's going to have an offer. It's kind of right. I think if he has an offer, I think we sort of differ. I definitely think he would take it. John seems to think he'd stay. Depending on what it is.
4: It'd have to be the most ideal situation there is. I don't think the the Broncos and the Dolphins present that. As far as your
1: original question, Carm, favorite moment of, of, we'll call it the regular season? Yeah, or most
2: impressed by the team moment, however you want to phrase it. I know mine. Go ahead. It was in a loss. I think because they lost the game, one of the greatest Bears performances we've ever seen got kind of glossed over. But what Khalil Mack did at Lambeau Field week one, five days after getting traded to a new team and a defense he's never played in, when he missed all of training camp, he was unbelievable in that game. He was an absolute game wrecker. He gets the pick six to go along with it. I, I, that was, I think, the most impressed I've ever been with one single player at a game I've covered. Ever. To kind of go off that, I
4: I would say it's a collection of moments against the NFC North. Whether it's Trubisky completely torching the Lions, whether it's Eddie Jackson's pick six in Detroit, it's they went five and one against the division this year. What a job the
2: Fo- one they should have won.
4: Yeah, how many wins did John Fox have against the division in, in three years? Three. Yeah, and he had zero last year. Zero last year. That is quite the the turnaround. That, that is such a difference in what the Bears are this year.
1: Joey Jojo favorite moment, most impressed moment? Bears? Oh, winning the
3: division the, the winning the division at home against the Packers. Mm-hmm. Knocking
1: them out of playoff contention. That's Easy. A, that sounds like a true, true Bears fan sitting there on the mic. That is a Joe Romano in his five year old sweatpants, growing up Zubas. There it is, right. A train jersey. I to Little number thirty five, baby. Neil Anderson, anybody? Uh, I would uh, Anthony Thomas. Yeah, come on, I, man. I, I got you. Okay, <laughs> Michigan. L- let me uh, let me sort of bird dog off of Adam Hogue's biggest moment came in the loss. The fact that they were able to send the game against the New York Giants into overtime mm-hmm. with that preposterous play call that I, had, I that I didn't even know what happened. Cause we were like we were still we were already in the Hampton Ob and Cos post game show. I didn't know who caught it, who threw it, or anything that happens. Like, and then all of a sudden, yeah, they're in overtime. Like that was ridiculous. That whole to, to... why was it preposterous? What did they did a double reverse drag? Who, <laughs> Taylor or Gabriel threw it right, to, or who, who to? So Cohen threw it to Anthony Miller. I mean, are you kidding me? And a second read. Uh, that's, that's it was the uh, Dabrowski double fake deluxe. I mean, that was unbelievable. That's the play call, and it worked. It worked! They should, and For whatever reason, the defense, you want Bob Dabrowski again? I don't
2: know. <laughs> okay. I was trying to give him credit for play, even though I know that it's not the same play. Bob Dabrowski has called again, which is uh, it's a
1: radio full pie. You only get to make one call, but you're Bob Dabrowski, so whatever. You can have five calls to show. What's hey, up, Bob?
8: Hey, boys. I got uh, just a couple of uh, bold predictions here, if you want them, from uh, some of my guys. We're going over game plans and came up with some bold predictions, if you, if you want to hear it. Bold predictions. We even give me the sounder. Let's go. I, I love that sound bite, though. That's great. Uh, all right, well, first I got uh, my friend John O'Whitebread uh, Baron here. He thinks that uh, Tariq Cohen is going to get himself a punt return touchdown or possibly uh, they put him back there on kickoff and he gets one of those. Okay. okay. He's, due, he's due for one. He's due. And I, I don't disagree. These are all uh, is certified approved. And we got a sea of ice cold, cold water here. And, uh, he wants, uh, a, a game a key mix. He's going to score a defensive touchdown. It's, uh, it's bold. And, uh, I think he's right. There's going to be a defensive score. We all know that. It, is, uh, and then, it, yeah? Isn't
2: it weird that it's bold for Hicks to be scored a defensive touchdown instead of an offensive touchdown? <laughs> like, right. Freeze, your right got to be coming. That's what this team has become. It's incredible.
1: And he's got ice-cold cold water in the room right now, which is, uh, <laughs> somehow that ties in, in in a weird way. Go ahead, Bob. What else you got? I love this.
8: Well, we got uh, Andrew here at and, uh... Italian Mexican stallion and he's uh he thinks that Kevin White is going to get himself two touchdowns which may be even bold for my blood but he's got slice of blood and I gotta appreciate that and we're gonna go with that K White two touchdowns hey
1: Bob how many people are at your party right now the Dabrowski
8: party we got uh we got the brain trust here there's five of us
1: Oh, okay all right
8: just, now, just one more we got uh yeah, yeah. Skelly. he's got an elaborate one he thinks that uh uh, first off, Roquan Smith, he's going to get 13 tackles, six of which are going to go against Darren Sproles. Um, Danny Gervais and, and Roquan are going to team up to limit Darren Sproles to under 30 yards total. And Khalil Mack is going to knock him out of the game. Hopefully not career-ending because Sproles is a good guy, but he's going to get knocked out of the game, <laughs> according to Big Dog here, the Big fat Wolf.
1: So let me I just want to paint the picture. You've got five dudes in a room just hanging around, sitting to, listening to the Hogan Johns podcast on seven twenty WGN on a Friday night. Is that accurate?
8: <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. We got uh, we got it looks like World War Two on our table here. We got draw, drawing out all the diagrams and scheming up some more double deluxes.
1: What are y'all drinking?
8: BB Hard, the drink of the champions,
1: <laughs> the angels. Drink of the angels. Bob, all right, Bob. You're a hero, Bob, thank you. That's your guy. I don't think that Kevin White prediction is coming
2: through. I think it would be a bold prediction if he's active.
1: Yes. <laughs> well, that was a huge thing, though, this week, that uh, all the receivers are healthy, right? I mean, yep. that, that was uh, that, that's that's that was good news. And how about the Give me a bold prediction. Who who catches the most balls on Sunday? Allen Robinson. Eight. Eight? Eight. Big day for Mitchell Trubisky with an
2: eight. You know, the... Um, when we were talking about the Eagles earlier, it actually is a big deal whether or not Avante Maddox is active. Uh, he's dealing with an oblique, popped up on the injury report because he's the rookie. He was actually playing safety. Now he's playing corner. They're actually kind of weak at corner. Uh, they have another guy, Rasul Douglas, who I really liked actually coming out of West Virginia last year, third round pick. He's been pretty good, but I, I mean, it's not like we're talking about lockdown corners here. So, again, I go back to that offensive defensive line matchup. If the Bears can contain Fletcher Cox up front, keep Mitch um, you know, clean, he could have a big day. I mean, this could be one of those days where Mitch actually puts up some big numbers. It, it could be one of those quick throw days. Yeah. It absolutely sets up for
4: that. Get the ball out fast. You have, obviously, all those linemen that we laid out earlier. Michael Bennett, Chris Long, Haloti Nada, Fletcher Cox, just was named to the All-Pro team today. Get the ball out fast. Allen Robinson... And even Taylor Gabriel going deep maybe once or twice can win their matchups outside.
1: I mean, I don't know how you guys feel as far as the Bears' defense, but i I don't expect teams to score on them. I really don't. They, if, if if Nick Foles completes a pass on Sunday, which of course he will, I expect a Bears defender to be draped on the who whoever is getting the football, be it a back out of the backfield or, or any of the receivers.
4: There is one matchup that concerns me, and for as well as Adams' guy, Sherrick McManus has played in. Bryce Callahan's place as your slot cornerback. He's going to face some pretty good guys there in the middle. And they put—we haven't talked about Zach Ertz at all. He's yeah. their best receiver, the tight end of the Eagles. Yeah. He goes everywhere. Put him in the slot against Derek Manis. I'd be concerned, very concerned.
2: And it is interesting. The Bears uh, obviously like Bryce Callahan more than Cravon LeBlanc. Callahan was having a great season uh, before he got hurt, but now Cravon LeBlanc is on the opponent. Uh, and has been playing pretty well for the Eagles this year, and 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 so now it's Sherrick in the in the slot for the Bears, and he has been playing well. I think a big part of that is because of how good the defense is around him. Absolutely. Um, so I don't really think that's going to change. There might be a play here here or there. Hurts uh, is a matchup problem though. Who well, covers him? And and, and the a variety of guys you gotta, you're going to have to bracket him. You're going to have to have safety over the top. Roquan will be tested. I mean, Roquan Smith's covering tight ends a lot, and and they do. The Eagles do a lot of 12 personnel. A lot of people listening know what 12 personnel means. A lot of people don't. That means two tight ends on the field at one time. And they've been running that out there with Dallas Godert, their rookie out of South Dakota, their second round pick, along with Zach Ertz. They have two really good tight ends that are going to test the Bears inside. They'll run a lot of crossing routes, too. That is going to be kind of the vulnerable spot, maybe, for this Bears defense. But you know, they've done such a good job of keeping things in front of them, coming up and making the open field tackles. They're not going to get beat deep. You can give up short passes here and there.
4: I, I'm just not that worried about it. You just them. look at the Vikings game. They got them in the third and sevens, third and eights, so often. Yeah, That's tough. Then you can unleash Cleo Mack. Then you can let Leonard Floyd stunt inside. You can let Akeem do what he does in the middle and disrupt
1: everything. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Your favorite moment of the year so far. Bears are going to hopefully top it on Sunday and then Sundays after that for uh, all the way to Atlanta. What's up, Jim and Antioch? Welcome to Hogan Johns on seven twenty WGN.
8: Yeah, the first game of the year pregame, Obranovich uh, predicted forty seven nothing, and it was twenty to nothing at halftime. How fun was that? For the meatheads,
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they were calling for Ryan Pace after the game. <laughs> yeah, then, then, the, then
1: they wanted Matt Nagy fired after after game one. Uh, thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. That was I was like, whoa. We are we really going to
2: Nagy, Code Red? Get him out after game one. <laughs> hey. That game did that game a lot. I mean that that was insane. I mean. We, we, yeah, there's so much lead up to the first game and so much talk in, in the training camp, the preseason, blah, blah, blah. And I come out so hard saying the Packers are going to be bad this year. Mike McCarthy's getting fired. The Bears are going to win this game. I think we both picked the Bears to win that game, right? We were one of the the few that did. And you're feeling so good about it. They're up 20 to nothing. You're like, everything we talked about. Nagy's going to have tricks up his sleeves. Everything's going to work for the Bears early. They're going to jump out to a lead. They're going to have Khalil Mack out there that's going to hold on to the lead. And then they just blow it. And you're like, where is the season going to go? injured Aaron Rodgers. He, He left the game on a cart. And, and Kaiser comes in and throws a pick six. Yes, <laughs> the Cleo Mack. That game. How did they lose that game? That, it still doesn't make sense.
1: That was that was such a bad way to start the year. Trubisky oh. was not. It was awful down the stretch. He took, that was the only really the only time this year that he melted down. He looked completely lost in the. Well, fourth remember quarter. that moment.
4: Remember that moment, and like you saw him against the Vikings late, where he put together that 16-play drive, yeah. right? Instead of going for the deep ball, going for it at all, started stacking completions, completion after completion, moving the chains, and they
1: got their touchdown. Change of mindset, growth, growth of a quarterback, Carm. Right, No, 100%. And, and that was the thing, like, what do you expect? The dude's it's his first head coaching game. and it, he, if, I bet he would like to take some of the play calls back in that one.
2: Yep. Well. Uh, didn't they have uh, two one third and that... shorts where they threw the ball? Yeah, they threw the ball. And, and, and I, you know, I I hate to. It goes back to the third and two I brought up in the in the wild card game last year with the Chiefs. You know, I I think what good young offensive coaches realize is that a lot of short you can scheme guys open so easily now with the rules on short passes that that's just as high percentage as handing the ball off of course the difference is the clock automatically stops if you don't complete it and that's a big risk you take but a lot of times you know a short slant to a a guy that never drops the ball um, who always finds a way to get open on a slant I mean that's probably a higher percentage play than handing the ball off when everyone knows you're gonna do that. You're just making the risk of if you don't complete And you know what? And if you lead the receiver a little bit.
4: Mark Helfridge talked about it this week. The placement of the football in the passes could turn a five yard completion into a fifteen yard completion. We saw that against the Packers the second time they played them. Yep. Al Robinson turned short completions into big gains.
2: And, and and that was uh that has been an issue for Trubisky. It's what I was talking about earlier. It's what Nick Foles is so good at, the short throws leading his receivers, but seventy five percent uh, Mitch Trubisky's been on throws the last three games. Since that game against the Rams, we struggled 75%. No interceptions. No interceptions. Not only three touchdowns, but no interceptions is big. Before we
1: get on out of here as uh, we're, we're coming up to the end, I look, the we're talking about the Green Bay game. We all agree. Bears should have won that game, right? Okay. Dolphins game, right? Should have won. Should have won. won. Giants game. Should have won. Should have won and what game am i missing patriots patriots could have won they're up 17 to 7 people forget that could certainly could have won team could be 16 and 0 so uh 15 and 1 14 and 2 like 12 and 4 is almost for what they should have done what they put out there every week it's 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 almost an underachievement for how good they were their point
4: there for frenchrell has stayed in the top 5 all year. Yeah. That's typically a sign of a very good football team.
2: So everybody here is picking the Bears against, uh, on Sunday, correct? We actually have the same score. What was that again? <laughs> 24-13? 24-13. 24-13. Which I believe is the first time that's ever happened. In Hogan Johns podcast history? And that's
4: amazing synergy. It's Phil Emery's old See, word. now
2: you're back in the circle. Yes. You didn't have the moment. I didn't have the basketball have The moment. basketball teammate of the former Bear played against the Eagles in the playoffs. <laughs> it's a very you know, unique group and club to get into. but When you guys call each other up, Adam, it's Adam or is it, hey, Hoag, it's Johns, it's Johns, it's Hoag, how does that go? I usually call him Johnsy which I I went and spoke at his class and I was trying purposely not to slip up and call him Johnsy because I knew his students would laugh and they did. He slipped up like two minutes into it. Yeah, and immediately I saw one of the girls in the front row be like, Johnsy.
4: It's my hockey nickname. Blackhawks days. Those are good days. That's, that's history. We've right? covered championship teams before. That, that's history. We know we what's right coming.
1: There. All right. Well, hey, thank you for
2: letting me sit in with you guys tonight. Let's uh, hope we get, we get to do this again right all the way to Atlanta. I believe the plan is if the Bears win, we're doing this again next Friday from L.A. How F- about that? Fingers, literally. We just need the pizzazz here in Chicago.
1: I just tried to get out of the way and let you guys do what you do. Let's do it again, all the way to Atlanta. Thanks for letting me sit here. Hogan Johns, check it out at WGNRadio.com. Have a great Friday night. Go Bears. You know, I think Adam's had a good season.